0: One of the biggest advantages that conservatives have is their media presence. Conservatives have a wealth of radio talk shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels that allow them to effectively spread their message. We should have the same on the left as well. This is why I want you to go to growleft.liberaldan.com. We are at a turning point in the history of this country. There is no reason why the ultra-conservatives and MAGA-types should be as successful as they have been. Extremist conservative ideas are unpopular, while left-wing ideas like Medicare for All, Abortion Rights, and Marriage Equality are at all-time highs. But they have the messaging and we need to build up our radio shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to fight back against their extremist conservative messages. Liberal Band Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you give a contribution at growleft.liberalband.com, you will be doing two things. That money will be spent advertising causes on the left, like body autonomy, marriage equality, voting rights, and in support of or opposition of candidates. And that commercial airtime will be spent on smaller shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to help them grow larger and be more successful. We get to kill two birds with one stone. But I can't do it alone. I need your help. So please go to growleft.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's growleft.liberaldan.com. growleft.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131, but it not, might not take you for a bit because we should be having three guests on. And instead of doing the normal shenanigans, just make sure to subscribe. If you haven't subscribed already, like the video, share it with your friends and everything. My mods and the YouTube chat will take care of all the other ways that you can help out Liberal Dan Radio because we are going right to our first guest. Uh, Our first guest is a lifelong resident of the West Bank of Jefferson Parish, which means it's on the west side of the Mississippi River, even though in Louisiana, in New Orleans, when the Mississippi River and the West Bank is actually south of it, but whatever. Um, He's a member of the Louisiana Democratic State Central Committee, uh, District District 84B, a member of the Jefferson Parish Democratic Executive Committee, and the first vice president of the Young Democrats of Jefferson Parish. So first I wanted to do. welcome Michael Flowers to the show. Thank you very much, Michael, for calling in. Um, I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Dan. Pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, just real quickly. Uh, so, this is your first term in all of these positions.
1: Uh, correct. Uh, so, I was elected to the D S D. C and the uh, DPEC during the uh, 2020 primaries. So, yeah, this is—I am definitely an, an outsider looking in still. <laughs> And I, I got a great peek at it on Saturday. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. so, and that's, that's really what I I have this one show that I've been trying to do and it, it's been shoved off week after week and it's probably going to be shoved off even further. But yeah, this was just such a, a big, and I, I want to say shocking, but it's not really that shocking to me because of previous shenanigans of the democratic party before. Um, so let's see here. My understanding uh, is that cause you've been on the committee since 2020. So, the, uh, my understanding of how other people said it, there was a rules change made like months ago about how uh, how endorsements would be made in this particular case. And that was going as it, pl- as it was planned. But then something happened and they went back and like did an immediate rules change again because apparently something was going to happen that was not favorable uh, to certain people in the party. Do I have it kind of right, so that's, sort of right, mostly right?
1: Yeah, that, that's my understanding as well. I can tell you that, uh, you know, I've only been through uh, two election cycles as far as the endorsement process uh, on the DSDC goes. And the first one was 2020, and obviously things were a little different. It took about a seven-hour Zoom call for us to get this done the first time. Um, right. But when 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 we did it that, that first time, uh, the process was, you know, all uh, Democratic candidates were invited to come on and speak, and at, at the end of, you know, each, each position that, that the DSCC wanted to make an endorsement on, uh, we had an opportunity to vote for the candidate of our choosing to, to give the endorsement to, and, you know, if no candidate reached 50 percent, we would you know, try again and whittle it down until hopefully we either had a single endorsement or perhaps a dual endorsement, although not really in favor of those, and I'm not in favor of what happened uh, on Saturday. Um, this time, uh, number one, the candidates, even though most of them were there and they all were invited, uh, didn't speak. There was a pre-recorded message that was given to the executive committee during their meeting that was played for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the only vote that we uh, could make was either to accept or reject the recommendation of the executive committee. Uh, and that that went you know no, not a lot of people like the rules, but those are the rules, and we were following them, and we got through all the congressional seats uh, had approved all the recommendations. It comes time for the final two uh, positions that the DSCC is making an endorsement on, and uh, the executive committee, by a vote of I believe seven five, uh, seven to five and two uh, abstains uh, had endorsed uh, gary chambers for senate and right. i don't recall the the exact uh vote for uh, davante lewis right. uh for psc but i believe it was
0: similar and
1: right. at that point i want to uh, rem- i
0: want to say my- when i read it or when i heard it it was like nine seven and two maybe is that right
1: that that could be right too um right. It, it, i definitely remember there being two two abstains right um and i believe yeah mr chambers won by two votes um and at that at that point when we're getting ready to to make that endorsement yes or no for Gary Chambers and that's the only thing we can vote on um a one of the the other DSCC members who uh, I hadn't met before this is what was my first meeting in person uh she stood up and as I understand it she's a she's a state rep and Gary Chambers uh, endorsed one of her opponents uh, mm. so she Obviously had a had a uh, had an agenda there, and stood up and said, you know, we need to have unity in this party. Uh, I make a motion that we forego this vote, and in for and for the remaining two positions, we endorse all candidates uh, who were Democrats. Uh, this caused a lot of commotion. Um, this led to a, a, a rules committee meeting in the middle of the meeting. Uh, they determined that. You know, she could make this motion as long as the party chair, Katie Barnhart, allowed her to, which she did. Uh, And then the the only vote that we can make for both positions after a lot of arguing uh, (laughs) and being there for about six hours was to either uh, endorse all candidates or no candidates, which, in my opinion, is effectively the same thing.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, the basic thing, all of these people are fine, you know, instead of saying, you know, one is better than the other. And, and you know, there might be fine, you know, but all of them may be fine. But, you know, there's there's, I mean,
1: there's to, be, to be fair, I would vote for all of them before I voted for John Kennedy. But we were there to make an endorsement of a Democrat. A single sure. Democrat you know. uh, do we know um, what, Do we know
0: right but, now if there are any Republicans who are who are trying to get in the race to challenge Kennedy as well? Or is he going to be the only Republican?
1: Uh, he's the only serious one. Uh, If if there are any other ones, I know they don't have the backing of the the state party.
0: Right. Um, I mean, clearly the state party um, is going to back the incumbent, you know.
1: Sure. Um, One would hope. And, and, you know, to to that point, um, pardon me, it was interesting that, at, at least to me, one of the calls was, immediately for, oh, we need to present a united front, we need to end this division within the party, when, in in my opinion, all in, all, that happens when you endorse all candidates, instead of rallying as a party together around one candidate, uh, you, you still keep people all divided in their own camps with their candidates. Uh, right. And, it, you know, it it did not – it was very, very frustrating to see that happen. Uh, I heard Gary Chambers, he was, a, you know, a few feet away from me speaking as to – to myself and a, and a few other members of the DSCC saying, they stole this from me. I followed all of their rules, you know, the exact way they wanted. I earned that, that, uh, that recommendation. Uh, I earned that endorsement, and now they're trying to take it from me. And it was, it was very, very curious that in the middle of the process, after we had been following the rules they set into place, in the middle of the process we decided to change it. Uh, When prior to that, you know, one of the the recommendations um, that the executive committee made for District 5, which uh, I believe is around Alexandria and central Louisiana, they have two Mm -hmm. Democrats running in in that race. And we could have, you know, had we followed those rules, we would have been, you know, the new rules that were set in place, we would have endorsed both Democratic candidates when one, we didn't get get to hear speak at all. And the second one in his pre-recorded message was getting boos during it. Because he stood for nothing that we stand for, he's sitting there speaking to a room of Democrats and says, "Build a wall." <laughs> right. So, yeah, it, you know, had 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 those been the rules you wanted to put in place, that we would have endorsed the build a wall candidate.
0: Right. So, yeah, and 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 uh, just yeah, just, it was, just to it was clarify. Very, very
1: frustrating to to sit there after I can imagine. I
0: can imagine. And, and I mean, that I would <laughs> I've run for Congress before. They didn't endorse. I ran in Louisiana first uh, when David Vitter resigned and I was against Jindal and they didn't take any actions in that, in that district. They were like, well, if someone makes the runoff fine, we'll act then, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, there's a history there of, of not endorsing everyone. And there were even, I remember when Edwin Edwards was running for Congress, um, most recently that, you know, they endorsed him over other Democrats as well. Of course, he has the connections or whatever. And I was very sure. strongly opposed to that endorsement, so much so that I was a no, I registered no party for a little bit. And then I came back once I was like, OK, well, I need to vote in the Democratic presidential primary because in Louisiana, for those right. who might be listening, who don't understand in Louisiana, we do have open primaries. So if, if nobody gets 50 percent plus one of the vote, the top two vote get vote getters go to a runoff. Um, so there's something to be said to be if there's one Republican, there's something to be said about having multiple candidates out there trying to grab as many votes as possible. But still, if, if there's one clear person who's, who potentially can have that momentum, you gotta you gotta put the money behind him. It. I mean, it makes it dilutes the effectiveness of the Democratic Party of Louisiana to just be like to be wishy washy, and we don't, and, and we've been wishy washy for a very long time, but wanted to say i mean and i'm a fan of both primaries but there's one thing you know is there one thing that separated uh devante lewis and gary chambers uh from the other people who were endorsed normally
1: uh you know i think it would have been and and i i can't speak uh on on the you know one of the things uh was devante was was running against an incumbent uh mm-hmm. you know gary chambers and and devante i believe are the You know, the the ones to the the furthest to the left are the one with the most most progressive ideas um, Mm -hmm. from any of the candidates. Gary Chambers, I believe, uh, would have been the first black man uh, endorsed by the Democratic Party for a Senate race ever. And uh, Luke Mixon is, I would say, a, a slightly conservative or at least a centrist Democrat. Uh, who is like, like the governor, Uh, he, he, I heard him in his speech on Saturday uh, say that he was quote, personally pro-life. He,
2: uh,
1: he was, he's somebody that, you know, I think, I think the state party um, and I think it's very clear when, when they made Katie chair, that their goal was to, to try and capture some of that, the, the, what, what people thought the political climate was in 2020 when, uh, you know, Joe Biden was elected. That it that it's somebody who, you know, can can reach across the aisle and pull over uh, some right leaning voters. But you know, we've seen since then in the past two years that any of those those they think Joe Biden's a socialist. You know, they're not. They're not right. coming across. They've dug. They've dug even further into their their you know their perspective lines in the ground. Uh, instead of instead of going going and endorsing somebody like Gary Chambers, who I think can get people who feel disenfranchised, uh, who feel like the system doesn't work for them, and therefore why would they even try to go out and vote? I think he can rally some of those people and, and create new voters now and in the future. Uh, instead, we're going after uh, you know, boomers who, who don't even really necessarily align with the party's ideas.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a struggle when I was running trying to deal with, you know, the fact that there are lots of registered Democrats, but a lot of those people are really Republicans. that just never bothered to change their party registration. Um, exactly. But one of the other things and that was I was trying
1: struggle in Louisiana, and I understand that. But we, you know, to try and as, as far you know, as far as Louisiana goes, the only statewide election that any Democrats won since I believe 2008 has been Governor Edwards twice. And he's right. a pro-life, pro-gun Democrat. <laughs> And right. I understand that there that there are certain things that that you know we we may want to pick our battles, but how how much do we want to give up on on what we believe in
0: right i mean we're not're not you're not losing a seat by if kennedy retains his seat i mean and so the so but sure. if if we have a if we have a person who's out there who can you know, who can protect, who can excite new voters and get new voters, especially in an off-year election? Because you know this isn't a presidential election where everybody's coming out. There are people who are going to stay home, um, and with the amount of top, the amount that Donald Trump talks about how horrible the system is, that just drives more Republicans to stay home. And if everybody thinks that you know Kennedy is a shoo-in, they'll stay home. So if you can excite voters and get them out and going, you could pull off the upset. And I, I mean. I've seen a lot of excitement about Chambers. I've seen no excitement about Mixon. And my biggest concern is, is, is that, and, and, and I think some people have said this, is that, you know, or i ask you do, you, do you personally believe that race played a part in this decision? I do. Okay.
1: And uh, as I understand it, you're going to have Gary Chambers on later?
0: I'm supposed to. He's scheduled to come on. Right. I mean, he's running really for senate. If 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 he's too busy, I understand. <laughs> if he if he doesn't call it, but so I'm I'm not holding my breath. But he they said they're going to do it. So I'm happy to have him. I, and it, or if, if for some reason if he doesn't come on for whatever reason, okay. But yeah, he's supposed to come on. Sure.
1: <laughs> well, i've I've heard him I've heard him say, uh, and I have I have no reason to believe that he that he wouldn't be telling the truth. Uh, that the Democratic Party uh, chair uh, Katie Bernhardt told him that a black man could not win a statewide election in Louisiana.
0: Yeah, and I've seen that reporting and, as well.
1: Yeah, and so I, I think there there's no doubt that that race played a part in the decision to endorse all candidates.
0: Yeah, and there were I've heard some. I mean, were, were there any? Was anybody who was outspoken like during the meeting, like you know, in, in you know, for or against Chambers, or, or that would that would have also solidified the whole races playing an issue, or or because I think my wife had said she heard saw something on Twitter, but it could have just been somebody tweeting and not somebody reporting. So,
1: you know, I would tell you that there were definitely people uh, on, uh, you know, of, of all races on both sides of, of the fence there. Uh, you know, I think a few people have sort of been tricked into the idea of, of if we endorse all of them, then we all come together and unite. Um, Mm -hmm. but I would, I would tell you at least from, from what I was seeing on the floor there, um, the, the majority of the people who were, Outraged about this were uh, were definitely black individuals um, when when they were uh, calling up people to to offer a response to a nay vote uh, to um, to to the the endorsement of all candidates. Um, we I ran out of time before I got to speak there, so a lot of this stuff is what I would have said there on the the House floor. But uh, it was it was myself uh, a um, another white woman, Kathy Hurst from Lafayette. And everyone else who got up to speech, and I thought they all did a great job. Uh, were were black people?
0: That's fair enough. All right. Um, anything anything else to add about what, what what went on in this in this incident Because you know, again, I think it's very important. You know, I, I'm I'm typically on the show, you know, targeting the right, targeting the Republican Party, targeting Trump. You know, but when we're having so much. You know, Donald Trump tried to steal an election. Donald Trump tr- tried to commit a coup. Donald Trump tried to unfairly, you know, retain office or, or do, you know, election shenanigans. You know, it, it does. We're not. A, we, we're not coming to the table with clean hands if we also start pulling shenanigans and last minute changes and everything in order to, in order to get, you know, in order for some people to get their way. So that's why I felt that this was very important, and I wanted to have a member of. Uh, the state central committee coming on. So I, d- I thank you very much for coming on. Do you have anything else that you want to add to this before we take our commercial break?
1: Yeah, I would I would just say that I I believe a a play to try and reach out to to the center uh, when the right has gone so far to the extreme only pushes uh,
0: the Democrats further right. All right. Fair enough. Well, again, thank you very much for calling in. I appreciate it. Um, if you ever want to come back on the show, you're more than welcome to do so. You can email me. You can listen every Wednesday whatever. Um, again, I appreciate your, your time, and thank you very much, and have a good rest of your night.
1: Awesome. You too. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right. Again, that was Michael Flowers from the Louisiana Democratic Party State Central Committee. We're going to take our first commercial break. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Devontae Lewis on when you know we do get back. Uh, 914-803-4131. 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.
2: and I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm,
0: yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast the minicast or on YouTube you can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits so go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today
3: hey there podcast listeners this is Demi Coast host of the world according to Knox. it's time for season 2 where I take you on another trip through my
0: world the world of movies, video games, pop culture and more, relate them to the world around you don't forget to leave a question for Marscat, and find me on Twitter by the handle XDemonon. That's the letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-S. Now enjoy the rest of
3: your podcast.
0: And welcome back to Google Band Radio talk from the That's right. We're gonna go straight to our next guest. Uh, he is Devontae Lewis, a candidate for Louisiana's Public Service Commission. Uh, District three. Do I have that right, Devontae?
2: You
0: have that correct?
4: Yes, it is. Perfect.
0: All right, so um, there was the, there was a the, uh, so you were one of the candidates who were there at the at the endorsement meeting. Uh, and who were affected by this mid-meeting rule change. Now, kind of give me your kind of explanation as to what happened.
3: Yeah, so in the executive committee meeting that happened the previous Tuesday, um, last week at this point, um, I received the executive committee's sole recommendation to be endorsed by the state party to say central committee. Um, the chairwoman, Katie Bernhardt, was really pushing for a dual endorsement of me and the 18-year incumbent. But the executive committee I felt it was time for a change and solely endorsed me. Um, right. After that meeting, the, the incumbent uh, sent a letter blasting uh, Katie, or, well, not blasting Katie, but blasting the executive committee, arguing that it is longstanding precedent that the party should only endorsed incumbents, and he's an incumbent, and he said, and I quote, I have been a loyal member of the Democrat Party. I uh, didn't even know how to say our party's name correctly, uh, but <laughs> wanted to... Uh, sounded just like Laura Ingram or, or, uh, or Sean Hannity, uh, Democrats and Democratic. Um, and so he was really pushing for a duel. Yeah, it was very clear he did not have the votes. He did not have the support. Um, and so what ended up happening was when they... Continued the regular order process with the three congressional district candidates. They did not hand the members the ballots for the PSC and the U.S. Senate race. which started to make some people question. All of a sudden, here comes a resolution um, that is like, we want this process is flawed. We, we didn't follow all the procedures right, which if any procedure that they followed for the congressional districts, they followed for US and PSC, right? Right. Um, and so they made this whole big argument, and then they were like, "Let's just be unified." Um, and, and as you can see by the chairwoman's statement, I think it's very odd that she wants unity um, in the PSC District Three race because, let's be clear, there's only four, there's only five people running for PSC, and we all are Democrats. So I don't think there is a necessarily party unity because ours is technically a party primary. The, 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 the whoever wins more Democratic votes um, in this Democratic district will be the elected official. And so it's kind of laughable that she thinks that somehow or another this race um, needs to showcase party unity because this is like a presidential primary. This is uh, this is this is a primary for the public service commissioner since there's only one party qualify. And so it was a clear attempt to kind of give the incumbent some protection uh, since he has been losing endorsement after endorsement, um, and the only people seeming to stand by his side are, are. our energy, AT and T, and cops communication, um, and so I, I think for for my instance, and know Gary's going to be on a little bit later and have a have a different perspective of history. Mine was more about trying to protect the status quo, um, not not letting life into a progressive challenger, even though the party wanted it, um, and protecting an eighteen-year incumbent who can't even say the party's name correctly. Um, while Gary, I think, has a very different different perspective, and I'm going to let him talk about it because we share. So. So it's the same thing, I think, and we both recognize it's the system determining who Democrats should support, not letting Democratic people showcase it. And I'll finally say before I go back to you, it's just like, as I said, what, how can we talk about Trump and the Republicans' attack on voting rights when our own Democratic Party didn't let Democratic members vote to endorse? It's not that the committee voted my endorsement down. They didn't even allow them the chance to vote on their ballots. They took – They had printed ballots that they refused to hand out. That tells you how much of a concerted effort this was to shun the progressive movement in Louisiana.
0: Now, when they handed out the, so did they hand out like each ballot before each, each vote or did they hand out the other ballots all at once and then just withheld the two?
3: They started to, they held out all the ballots and started and just withheld the two. So what they ended up doing is they did not allow us to speak. Um, so I called the party because the party would never talk to me or tell me – like I got no official communication from the party that I was the preferred endorsed candidate. I found out through members of the executive committee who called me and told me, but the party never sent me an email, never sent me a call. So I called the chair, and I said, okay, what's the process for Saturday? Um, should I be there? Should I, are, are we speaking? And she told me we weren't speaking. Um, and 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 that was it so i did not prepare to attend i stayed in new orleans doing some event um gary will tell you he heard something very different where they were they were told the candidates would speak um and so what we started to notice is once the ballots went out and they what they decided to do is showcase a 10-minute video that we had recorded with the executive committee in our interview process and while Mm -hmm. we were while we're watching the interviews you can see the ballots come out and the ballots are going out and um, a lot of the members noticed that the PSC and Senate ballots never came out but they were printed because some people had to leave the meeting early
0: oh our, he just dropped I don't know what happened uh, maybe he was in a bad cell uh, so we will we'll get him to call back uh, call back if you still have service <laughs> so we call that so again so it seems like you know they were so because it was all of the congressional seat ballots were handed out, but the public service commission and the um, and the senate race was not handed out. So, so it's not just some willy nilly, you know, idea of oh, you know, some some person didn't just come up and just randomly say, I think this is unfair. Let's go ahead and do this. This is clearly evidence of a concerted effort to to dis- to me disenfranchise these people who put in the work, who got the endorsements. And who deserved to have the sole endorsement of the party? Now, when I said you know earlier on, they're like typically, yeah, the, the, the parties typically do endorse the candidates who are incumbents, unless there's something wrong with that candidate. For example, the Republican Party didn't endorse Liz Cheney uh, in Wyoming. Why? Because they didn't like the fact that she quote betrayed Trump, and that's then Liz Cheney lost. Uh so and and if there's somebody like this, you know, who's just calling us the the Democ you know, the Democrat Party and, and speaking like, you know, as he said, like Laura Ingram, um then hey, I don't understand, you know, the the, the problem with that. I mean I understand why the can the other candidate might have had a problem with that because maybe he just assumed that he wasn't gonna have to do anything because he's the incumbent uh candidate. But again, it's it's not they should. They needed to be consistent, and they were not consistent. They either should have done all of the races like that, or they should have done none of the races like that. They they shouldn't have done the congressional races one way, and then the public service commission and the Senate the other way, because that just reeks of fishiness. And I'm hoping that uh, let's see, Mr. Chambers should be on in a second. Um, I uh, we hopefully. Devonte can call back as well, Devonte Lewis. Uh, that if you go to my Twitter account at Liberal Day and Radio on Twitter, uh, you can see the the Twitter accounts for for Michael Flowers, for uh, Devonte Lewis, and for Gary Chambers Jr., all of whom are running um, right now. Let's because we're waiting for either uh, Mr. Lewis to call back or for I think that is him again. Uh, did you have I don't a bad cell? No problem. No, so I
3: had my I'm, – I'm, I, I stepped out, so I'm outside, and I put my phone down on the car, and it overheated itself. <laughs> Oof, <laughs> it, uh, uh, so it, it locked up, which is why we need to talk about climate change um, yeah. and the rapidly changing environment and why we need to be pro, proactive about this. But um, to answer your kind of question before we got cut off, yeah, they, they were passing out the ballots continuously, and then they just stopped when it came to the U.S. Senate and the PSE race.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like – be consistent. You either do it all the one way or do it all the other way. Don't just change the treatment. And because they, they, had, they had handed out all of the congressional ones and not the other two, that, that doesn't make it that, – that's that's, it's not something that where it's like, oh, I'm a person and I have a problem with this and we should do something a different way. No, that shows that there was a concerted effort with a, more than just this one individual. There are more people involved who didn't want to see – the sole endorsement of yourself or of uh, Mr. Chambers, and um, that's a big problem. And look, you
2: know, right. the public
0: service Commission right now, I mean, I'm not under the I don't think I'm, if I have this right, I'm in New Orleans, so New Orleans has its own special deal, um, but there are people who are struggling mightily with the prices that Energy is charging us for electricity in the state, and to have somebody in the, in the seat who is beholden to these utilities uh is problematic in and of itself and that's probably why the party chose to not endorse the incumbent instead go with somebody else by eu uh, So right
3: it was very clear i mean this race um, has shown that the district is ready for change i i, I was the solely endorsed candidate by the jefferson orleans alliance for good government um the Independent Women Organization of Orleans duly endorsed me and the incumbent, but I was the vote leader. The party chose me. The, the district is claiming it's ready for a change, but the chairwoman is so committed to making sure she is well-liked by the rich and powerful um, and, 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 or, uh, that, that she disregarded the system and, and made it where we had to change the rules. And I think you actually said it correctly. Like, It wasn't that they said the entire process was flawed. Because if the process entirely was flawed, they would have done the same thing in the congressional district. They waited, got that out of the way, and then was like, you know what? We really need to rethink the rules of the nominating process. And it is completely a disrespect to the voters and to us because we followed this process. Uh, And let's be clear, the bylaws were changed in March to this process. This is not the historic way that we've endorsed candidates. I'm a former member of the state central committee. I served two terms on the state central committee. We've always worked very differently. This was Katie's way to control it because she recruited Luke Mixon. She wants to promote Luke Mixon. She has been actively stopping Gary from trying to run. Uh, Me and Gary had a conversation and I hope he's listening because we haven't had, I remember the conversation where Katie called me and asked me how I could make sure Gary didn't run
2: because she had this
3: army pilot that she wanted. So I've known for, for a while she's been after, trying to stop Gary from, from winning this race. But it showcases just a discontent for the process that you couldn't even respect the rules. And my whole point is, if you wanted to stop the sole endorsement, win the votes on the floor. You could have done that. You could have put up the ballots out. You could have had the membership, and the membership could have voted Gary's endorsement down and my endorsement down. And you would have got your way. And guess what? I would have had to respect the process because that's the rules that were outlined when we started it. But you couldn't because you didn't think you could control that process, so you had to change the rules in the middle of the game. Not even in the middle of the game. I'm going to say it at, in the, <laughs> with, with two seconds left on the clock uh, right. and, and a winning field goal on the 10-yard line, you changed the rules.
0: Right. It's like somebody pulls up for the last second three, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, those are only worth two points now.
3: Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like you, you changed the entire rules at the end of the game because – you were you were you had ran out of options to control the process.
0: I just just to be clear on the process, as, as I understand it, so is it the process that they changed to, which was the former process, was um, they the executive committee met and voted and uh, made to make a recommendation for an endorsement, and then the body as a whole would then vote that recommendation up or down.
3: Correct. So the past pro- party platform would be the, all the candidates would speak in before the body. And then the body would take a vote with all the candidates on the ballot and determine who to endorse. It could be dual, it could be a single, it could be no endorsement. Okay. Katie changed that process in the bylaws earlier this year to make it where the candidates spoke to the executive committee. The executive committee makes a recommendation, and whatever they put as the recommendation, the body either votes up or down. But now there were some rules that say the body could bring up a nomination um, but they have to get five days' notice. Well, if the meeting was on Tuesday right. uh, for, where the executive committee and the meeting was on Saturday, you set up it where you now, now you created a bylaw problem. So I, I, how can you blame Jerry and I for a mistake that you created and maybe it was intentional? Maybe you put this meeting so close so somebody had a remedy to say we didn't follow the bylaws, the bylaws were confusing, and now let's sing this kumbaya endorsement process because that's what Katie's wanted from the get-go. Because Katie right. wants to please everybody and everything. She doesn't want to stand on principles. She doesn't want to respect the voters. She has an opinion and who she wants to please, and she's been trying every step of the way to rig the process in her favor so she can continue being the
0: popular queen. Right. And is it correct? Is, is it, I think I might have heard this as well. It probably would have been difficult to, like, make a challenge of the ruling of the chair because she held, like, 40 proxies.
3: Exactly. And in my history – of my time on the, on, the, on the executive committee, and when I – not on the executive committee, excuse me, when I was on the DSCC, and I was a member of the Rules and Bylaws Committee, to have a proxy, the person who was leaving a proxy so if I, if I wasn't going to attend, and I sent in a proxy, I would have to write your name down, Dan. I would have to write your name down and say, you have control of my proxy. But we had got mm-hmm. countless members of the committee who called me and said the party leadership was calling, asking people if they were attending. And when they said no, they said, well, just sign off for a proxy which means that the members didn't know who held their proxy because the proxy was going to the chair and she was distributing it out to whoever she wanted. But she was rigging the vote that way because that's not how a proxy should work. If I don't tell you who my proxy should be, then that, that, that's just an absent vote. I can't give right. the chair the ultimate discretion to determine who is going to cast a
0: vote in my honor. Right. If, if, I'm, if I'm in the central, central committee and I want, to pro- I'm, I want to make sure that the person who's voting my proxy is going to vote, how I want them to vote and not vote completely opposite. It doesn't make any sense.
3: And she didn't even tell people about this. So we had a lot of members, because this meeting started at one o'clock and they, she did every other agenda item showing 10 minute videos, giving countless of presentation, and uh, making the vote very last. So I know for a fact, Gary and I had a few voters who left and because they were leaving, felt out their ballots already for us. So they, they, the ballot that she didn't pass out, Gave to the individuals and they voted, but because they were not told that we're going to have this random resolution, they didn't give a proxy. So when it came to the vote, they had secured and voted yes to endorse Gary and voted yes to endorse me, but they had no proxy, which means they couldn't vote no on this resolution because they 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 were trying to make it like this was just a spur of the moment that this resolution just popped up at the last second when it was clearly strategic, planned, and well executed.
0: Yeah, I mean they pulled it off. I mean it's, it's it's a heist that they uh that they were able to get it done, you know, basically. or that's how I call it, a coup. Um Absolutely. And, you know, it was it's we're, we're dealing with too many coups, right? We need if if we're going to argue against Trump, if we're going to argue against what they what they have been trying to do I mean, I have a couple of videos on YouTube about you know, the GOP coup and all of the things they've been doing since 2010. You know, we can't argue against them if we don't come to the party with clean hands. One of the one of the biggest party problems I've had with this party uh, as a member, as, as someone who's been a Democrat in Louisiana since I moved down here, pretty much, is that um, and I came down for school in, 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 you know, 1994. So one of the problems I've had is that is that they they have terrible issues with messaging. Like they 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 make they, they do things like this that make it impossible for us to criticize the other side for their shenanigans. Uh, they they misquote Republican candidates in their attack ads, making it so that the candidate can be like, well, they lied, and now the other candidate controls the narrative. And then we just do other things like we just simply hand over power to Republicans. Like for example, Karen Carter Peterson. Right. When, when Karen Carter Peterson was in the House and was and. You know, was was a, was a member of the Louisiana House. She made an agreement with the Republicans to get a Republican speaker of the House, despite the Democrats controlling both houses at the time. And you know, the Republicans would never do that out of fairness, you know, now or, or ever. But she did that, and that's why I couldn't trust her when she ran for Congress, because who's to know what she would have done in Congress? But and then you have the current um, Bernhardt. I almost called her Heartburn. Uh, Bernhardt, who... I mean, a lot of people
3: heartburn, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, you know, last in the, in the first race that Governor Edwards ran and won in, she supported Angel, who's a Republican. So, how can you support somebody to lead the party who is support, openly supporting Republicans against endorsed Democrats or, or, or supported Democrats? Like... It doesn't make any sense. Right. It makes no sense. And
3: that's what I said. This dual endorsement or this, this, this protection of an incumbent is an 18-year incumbent who has taken every dollar possible energy while they have wrecked havoc on his district that stretches from Baton Rouge to the river parishes in Orleans. He was MIA during INF, He doesn't show up to anything for the Democratic Party. can't even say the word Democratic Party right now. He letter not let it to the Democratic Party and calls it a Democrat party. It has the conservative Republican, Mike Francis, from the Lafayette-based area, who says it's not his job to regulate energy, making phone calls and fundraising for him. And that's what the party decided they wanted to protect and defend to ensure it got a
0: dual endorsement. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody can make it make sense to me, other than the fact that it's, it's not in support of democratic ideals. It's not... Uh, it's not something that, you know, it, it just doesn't pass the smell test. And, you know, again, you chambers did the work, which you all needed to do, got the votes within the rules, got the executive committee to make their recommendation to endorse both of y'all. And then just because the party chair doesn't like it, she wields her power and says, nope, sorry, boom. And, you know, the party chair should have some power, but she shouldn't have that much power. Exactly and it and, it,
4: and it
3: all, it's all to say, the same face, and I think it's the part of a part to talk about we are more united than ever because when we when we let's be clear when we deny a solo endorsement,
0: oh, we lost him again, <laughs> well, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and take the next commercial break um give him a chance to to call back again let's let's see if uh I need to find the darn link again or the the audio for this. What call it? No, I don't want to play liberal Dan Chopper City or talk about Alex Jones's father's whatever. There it is. Grow left block. There we go. Okay. So again, we're going to take a break. Uh, take another sip, some sip of beverages. Stay hydrated. Uh, if uh, Mr. Lewis can call back, if he does at school, otherwise, you know, schools school well, maybe Jerry Chambers will call back um, when I come after the break. We'll see. Anyway. 914-803-4131. 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. And by the way, we're going to talk about lots of stuff in hour number two. Get back to some other issues. So, like what you talking about in chat, whatever. So, we'll get to those soon.
4: Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast.
0: Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? YADA is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yotta.liberaldan.com. That's y-o-t-a.liberaldan.com. One of the biggest advantages that conservatives have is their media presence. Conservatives have a wealth of radio talk shows,
4: podcasts,
0: and YouTube channels that allow them to effectively spread their message. We should have the same on the left as well. This is why I want you to go to growleft.liberaldan.com. We are at a turning point in the history of this country. There is no reason why the ultra-conservatives and MAGA types should be as successful as they have been. Extremist conservative ideas are unpopular, while left-wing ideas like Medicare for All, abortion rights, and marriage equality are at all-time highs. But they have the messaging, and we need to build up our radio shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to fight back against their extremist conservative messages. Liberal Band Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you give a contribution at growleft.liberaldan.com, you will be doing two things. That money will be spent advertising causes on the left, like body autonomy, marriage equality, voting rights, and in support of or opposition of candidates. And that commercial airtime will be spent on smaller shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels To help them grow larger and be more successful. We get to kill two birds with one stone. But I can't do it alone. I need your help. So please go to growleft.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's growleft.liberaldan.com. growleft.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. And welcome back to Little Dane Radio. Looks like we do have the Lewis back again. Um No. It just it, it just happens. Uh, sometimes Factors of the difficulties get the worst of us. Um so I guess do you, do you remember what you were saying?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think uh sorry, it is my, my phone is being very fun today. First it gets too hot, then it dies. Um But I basically was just saying that it is – it's a sham that the Democratic Party just can't trust Democratic voters, right? And I think this is the clearest thing. If we keep talking about being the party of of people, then let people speak, and we have to stop thinking we know the best answer for the party and let the party speak to itself. Let's be very clear. If the power players had their choice, Donald Trump would have never been their nominee, but they trust their voters, and then what do they do? They rallied behind their voters whether they were right or wrong, right? We won't do that. We constantly want to tell – Our democratic voters and people that they have to support, these establishment picks, these people who are close to the rich and powerful, these people who don't really promote the democratic ideas and say that's our only path to victory. And then when we don't win, they they blame progressives saying, well, you shouldn't have stayed home. Well, at a certain point, maybe it's your faulty strategy of not inspiring people the way that Bernie Sanders did or inspiring the people the way that Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff did in Georgia – like if we want a path to victory, or the way Beito is doing in Texas, we can build a stronger party in this state. But we're going to have to trust the people and stop trying to
0: sell them what we think they want to see. Exactly. Um, now, if anybody listening to the show wants to uh, support your campaign, how how, are they, how can they do so?
3: Yes, you can follow me at Devonte Lewis. D a v a n t e l e w i s. Um, you can visit our website. It is currently down right now for a, 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 an update and a maintenance, but it will be up really shortly. Um, thats devonteforla.com is Devante4LA.com. And you can find us on ActBlue if you want to contribute to this campaign so we can beat back energy uh, and support renewable energies. Um, at Friends for Devontae Lewis, Devontae Lewis for PSC3. Um, but you can find our information there. You can find us on Facebook, same name, um, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and we will be campaigning up and down uh, i-10 from from west baton rouge all the way through the river parishes to every portion of orleans because i think it's about time we have to put a public into that
0: it is a very ridiculously gerrymandered district i will say that um it is very but 10, anyway uh,
3: there's 10 parishes and only two of them are whole so that tells you how gerrymander it is
0: yeah absolutely so look you know, if you message me on Twitter, send me send me that send me all those links or whatever again and I'll make sure to retweet them out as as I'm talking about, you know, here were the guests, here's how here's how you can find more information about them. And there you go. So I'd be more than happy to send those out. If you ever want to come back on the show, just shoot me a message on Twitter, let me know, and I'll be more than happy to have you back.
3: Absolutely. I would love to talk about our, our energy uh independence in this state, our power grid and our and energy's control. So I would love to talk the issues.
4: Um perfect that'd um, be great so, so I'll,
3: I'll definitely reach back out and we come back when to i when do an energy issue I'll, is definitely
4: reach
0: out to you. I'll definitely do i'll definitely exactly. reach out to you for doing an energy issue i appreciate it have a good one go. you too take care all right bye all right again that was uh defonde lewis running for louisiana public service commission district three uh i wasn't quite sure about the boundaries i had not check that yet but yeah this is one of those ones where um let me see if i can Pull it up real quick because it, it is quite ridiculous. Um, Louisiana Public Service Commission District Three map. Let's see if I can pull this bad boy up. Um, I'll just, see There's the website for that. Let's pull it up. Do to do, do taking forever. I, I'm supposed to have a gigabit of information. Maybe it's their site. That's the problem. Who knows? Um, I don't know. It could be theirs. Could be mine. It
2: is what it is,
0: Donald. Um, it's really hard to see on that map, but we're gonna we're gonna try it anyway. Let's let's uh let's see. Open image in new tab. All right, so then we can, let's see, Window, Properties. Oh, it's there already. And then let's just push it up there and make it visible. Oh, there we go. It's very small at this point. So here we go. So let's see if I can zoom in on it now. No, it's it not let me zoom? All right, so if you see, oh, it's not capturing my, my arrow. But there's that green, that's one. All that light green and you see that gray, that's two. And then if you look at three sandwiched in the middle there, that's the district. It comes basically goes from Baton Rouge, travels all the way down the Mississippi River, as you heard him talking about the river parishes, travels all the way down the Mississippi River and goes into Jefferson Parish and Orleans Parish. It's ridiculous. It's Absolutely, a ridiculously drawn district, highly gerrymandered, and look—it puts guaranteed one uh, Democrat, one minority into the district, in, in, into onto that commission. But just like with Congress, we have a, we have in Louisiana two uh, or two one third of the of the state of Louisiana is de- registered Democrat. One third of the state of Louisiana are black voters oh wait hold on they're one of them are black voters so hey patty back thank you uh so the fact that we only have one when you could have two just shows how really badly gerrymandered the district is and apparently the link that i gave to to nimbus yosha's percy podcast is uh not available i don't know maybe i maybe i typed it typed it wrong i don't know but we'll have to we'll have to find that later anyway I'll, I'll reshare the correct link later for the Percy podcast. Um, I guess uh, again Gary Chambers is, is either running late or um, or had something come up, and that's fine. Again, it's running for Senate. I've never ran for Senate. I ran for the House, and it was tough. I, I can't imagine what running for the Senate is. So if he's running late, we're more than happy to let him on. You know, we'll stay on for a little longer, see if he'll call back in uh, to get some of. Uh, to get some of uh, his feedback, but as you've heard from the previous two guests, this was some really bad shenanigans going on when it comes to um, really bad shenanigans when it comes to, uh, you know, just following the rules. And as I said, oh, I, I, let's go ahead because, you know, we already heard some of the stuff that I've said about um, Katie Bernhardt, but let's just go ahead and hear this week's Hypocrite of the Week. This week's Hypocrite of the Week is Louisiana Democratic Party Chair Katie Bernhardt, who said the job of the Democratic Party was to maintain party unity and provide a fighting chance to defeat incumbent John Kennedy. Her actions at the previous endorsement meeting made both much less likely. Maybe having somebody who supported a Republican for governor against a Democrat was a bad option to be chairperson of the Democratic Party. Just saying. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberal dance. Some of those, sometimes when I do that bit, it, I have to be very fast. I start talking like the micromachine guy sometimes, where it's like, a liberal dance radio, talk from the left, at 8 p.m. Central, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, because sometimes I have to fit a lot of words into only 30 seconds.
4: It is what it is.
0: Donald. Um, so... Uh, yeah, let's before we hit. I guess I'm not going to take another break, most likely, unless I get some sort of coughing fit, which I don't I don't anticipate. Um, but let's go ahead. I did want to play Words of Redneck Wisdom, and then we can get to some of the topics that were talked about in the chat. So we'll do this week's Words of Redneck Wisdom. Another caller into Jeff Carrera's Ringside Politics Show.
4: And now, Words of Redneck Wisdom,
0: brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio.
4: Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Very important. Well, regarding the pursuit of happiness, this attack on the pursuit of happiness started in the 1960s. If you recall, well, you may not be old enough, I am, (laughs) but in the 1950s, almost everybody smoked cigarettes. In the 1960s, it became less fashionable, and uh, the uh, Surgeon General decided that uh, cigarettes are all bad, you know, bad for everybody, and it's been proven that there's links to cancer and what have you, but they couldn't, that information did not deter enough smokers. So what did they do? They said, well, secondhand smoke. You're not only hurting yourself, but you're hurting others, so we're not going to allow you to smoke in certain places. Now, all of a sudden, if you want to smoke, you you become a pariah. You have to go outside. Social pressure was brought to bear on a class of people who were just going after the pursuit of happiness. And this this is where the mindset began. It's okay to persecute and denigrate smokers because they're not only killing themselves, but they're killing you too. And now that has gone to the extreme. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan
0: Radio. Talks from the left, that's right. All right, I mean, it's gone to the extreme that we, we don't want people to do things that might kill other people. Again. Yeah. Um, this guy, I mean, this just exemplifies conservative thought throughout the pandemic, even like, yeah, life. Well, first of all, whenever I hear Hamilton has ruined me uh, for that, whenever I hear life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, I hear David V digs and Thomas Jefferson going life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. We fought for these ideals. We shouldn't settle for less. These are wise words. Enterprising men quote them. Don't act surprised, you guys, because I wrote them. Anyway, so um, if you haven't seen Hamilton yet, you you should, because it, it's really well done. And then you'll understand some of the parodies that I wrote, <laughs> including the Wolf will Fight Back" and "What Comes Next" parodies that I uh, that I made for uh, the election, uh, surrounding the election, um, and and the after effects uh, of of said election. So. But again, you know, he has this thing we have had data that says or you used to be, like in the fifties, you'd like see an ad for camel cigarettes or, or Lucky Strikes or whatever and, and like that that fifties oldie time announcer voice would be like, That's right. Like the camels, you should smoke camels, they're great for you. Four out of five doctors smoke camels, more camp people doctors smoke camels than anywhere else. Like Camels, they're healthy for you. You know, that sort of thing. Like, you can find all these old cigarette ads on YouTube, and it's just disgusting um, how different we used to think back then. But things changed. We started learning about things like, you know, how tobacco, smoking tobacco, cigarettes, was a bad thing and was harmful to your health and harmful to the health of people around you. And... Uh, Because we tell people that they can't smoke in an airplane or in restaurants or in public buildings or that they have to smoke outside and not inside, uh, that's not a violation of your desire to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's just because you're threatening other people's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness by pushing that smoke on them. But this is how these people think. These people think that. You know that anything that if it stops them from doing anything it's tyrannical even if it's harming other people they don't care about the harm that they do to other people they should be able to do whatever they want but if gosh forbid somebody were to say well i want to do this thing too that's harmful to him he'd be like well no that that affects me that that that's you can't do that that harms me but he doesn't see why harming other people with actions and preventing those harmful actions to others is not tyranny is not harmful. It's not a violation of your rights to life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness. It's should, it should be sensical. The idea that we ever allowed cigarettes on airplanes. Ugh, that's just ridiculous to me. Now, uh, before I was like, Oh, we will smoke up a lucky strike. And we we'll, in, in this little death box. So, yeah, um, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. But, and and you'd think that because conservatives who claim to love the Constitution, who claim to love the founding fathers, claim to love all, you know, the historical stuff about our country, you'd think they would at least understand that simple concept that, you know, the right to swing your fist stops well before it comes near somebody's face. You think they'd understand that, but they don't because they really don't believe in life, liberty, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They believe in whatever they can their their liberty. But not in other people's liberty. That's why they didn't want to mask up. That's why they fought social distancing because they didn't understand the simple concepts of of doing things in ways that don't that cause less harm to other people. That they they reject all sorts of measures. That they don't want to they don't want to make be made to jump through extra hoops to buy a legal weapon because we want to make sure that the people who shouldn't have weapons don't have them. If it harms them or if it affects their life and how they believe their life should live, be lived, it's somehow wrong. And then, then they always appeal to tradition as well because uh well, in the 50s, we, well, who cares? Just because something was done in the 50s, it doesn't make it right. We used to have separate water fountains. We used to make black people sit in the back of the bus. We used to own people. Like somebody was like, somebody was arguing on the radio the other day that they were upset about you know, what liberals want to teach because liberals want to teach that the uh, Constitution uh, is an, you know, is an evil or immoral document. And, you know, they love the Constitution or they love the straw man Constitution that they believe exists. They don't love the actual Constitution. They love the straw man Constitution. Um, But the thing is, is that, you know, the the Constitution, when it was passed, it, it said that black people, that slaves, were three fifths of a person. So yeah, I'm going to look at that document and be like, that's not moral. It's not. Now, people will argue that you know we have you know freedoms in this country, and it's because of the rights enumerated and not enumerated in the Constitution. And, and fine, that that may very well be true. That doesn't mean that everything in the uh, in the Constitution is good because it wasn't when it was ratified because they made these compromises that never should have been made in order to um in order in order to appease the southern slave-holding states there's some video or some some picture on some meme group that i'm that i'm a member of on facebook and it shows uh one person fishing and that person is fishing in a lake and that's a white person and it, and it says the south over the, over that person fishing in the lake. And then you have a person behind them fishing in their bucket in the, in that, in the South person's bucket and that person, it says the North. And I'm like, you forgot the fact that no, it should be a black guy sitting at the river fishing. And then the South fishing out the black guys bucket, because that's really what happened. So there you go. Anyway, uh, what else do we want to talk about today? Um, and we will still give Mr. Chambers some time to call in because, you know, again, you know, I think I think this issue is a very important issue. Um, if you go to the show page, if you go to the not the show page, but the 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 list of links on this video on YouTube in the in the description of this video, there is a link to Gary Chambers. Um, video where he discusses what went on and you see video of what went on, how it happened. And, and some of his perceptions, I was trying to give maybe either a, a, a smaller or maybe a, a higher view, like, like a more succinct view of what happened. Um, but yeah, you know, Gary Chambers, he's, he's a very interesting outspoken person. And we the kind of person that I, I voted for him for Congress. He ran for Congress last time. Uh, He ran against uh, Karen Carter Peterson and Troy Carter. And it turned out that he didn't get first or second. So he didn't make the runoff, but I voted for him in the primary because that's one of the things that I like about most elections that are done with a open primary is that you get to vote for whoever it is that you want to vote for. And if that person doesn't make it and nobody gets more than 50%, guess what? You now have a runoff between the top two, and now you get to choose between the top two. The only time that that's ever not happened with one of my votes, um, with one of my votes, was there was the, mayoral, the last mayoral race in Louisiana, in New Orleans, where there were three people in kind of polling at the top and there were some people that I would have liked in the bottom of the pack, but there was a clear non-starter in that top three. There was a clear one person that could not have been allowed to make it. So it was, to me, it was more important to pick what my favorite of the other two from the get-go to to give more votes that would make sure that one of those two would finish in the top two so that when you got to the general election, you didn't have him Potentially in the top two as well. So, yeah. So um, we've done an hour and nine minutes or so on, on, on Louisiana, New Orleans politics. So we're going to pop on into the chat. Um, Wait, cave women, pole dance. I've missed some interesting conversation in the chat. Cave women, pole dance. Um, I don't, did they have polls? I don't know. I mean, Stone Poles, maybe? I don't know. Maybe there's grinded against the rock. <laughs> and not Dwayne Johnson, but an actual rock. Um, let's see. Yeah, nearly impossible. Feel free to smoke. Just don't make others have to do it. Sometimes your freedoms are limited to others' freedoms. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great way to put it. Like, we, when we banned smoking here in the state, like, like, you could do it outside. And I was, I was actually more concerned with the people that would smoke outside than inside, Because like I would be at a Mardi Gras parade and we we would have kind of established our little area. Our chairs were sitting right there and then new people would come up and just start smoking away. And I'm like, dude, we are here in this particular spot because there wasn't smokers and now you're smoking around us. Come on, give me a break. Uh, But there's also something to be said about the fact that if you're an employee at a place that has smoking, you don't necessarily have a choice. If that's where you have to work, then you don't necessarily have a choice to as to whether or not you're going to be, um, subjected to secondhand smoke or not. So that's that's why I ultimately came around on the idea of smoking bans in public places because of the fact that the employees deserve protection. Um, solidarity with the employees, with with labor. Um Debbie <laughs> says that the, the the cave women grinded on stalagmite. Which is the correct Which is the correct one? So yes, there you go. But uh, there has to be some more puns for cave woman doing like lap dances that that are just not coming to my mind at the time. So um... grinded, ground. There's n- nothing wrong with a little bump and grind, although they didn't have that song back then. <laughs> no, look. look tv 2 Then, not to get off the subject, you have, do you have recreational pot in Louisiana? We do not. We have medicinal marijuana, but we don't have recreational marijuana at this time. But thank you for chiming in, TV2, simply because of the fact that I did want to add. I have made some changes to my support page, the Support These Creators page. I've added a few folks to it. So I'll put that link in the chat room. And new additions not Bobby Brown or Belbib DeVoe. Um, I've put on Andrea Brower. Um, she was already on for Freedom, Speech, and You, her show with Ken. Uh, but and she also has just started her own podcast on Anchor called Living In It. The link to Living In It is on that link, liberalband.com. Um, and I was – she had a very great guest, a very, very nice, well-informed guest on her first show, me – so I was very happy to help her out with her first show. So if you want to, if you want to hear another podcast with me on it, go to the living in it podcast on anchor. Uh, it should be going to other, like your other podcast platforms, like Google, Apple, Spotify, et cetera, as well. Um, eventually is depending on, I think it depends on what options she hit or whatever. I also have a link to TV 2 lives channel. Uh, they support me. I support them. So if you haven't, uh, subscribe to TV2 Live's channel. Please go ahead and do so as well. Um, and Trucker John is another one who listens to the show um, and who will be my next named uh, cultist in Cult of the Lamb. Uh, we'll talk about maybe we'll talk about that a little, a little later as well. But he regularly listens to the show, and I want to get uh, subscribe to his channel. Giving him a shout out to Go subscribe to his channel as well. All good, Andrea's in in the chat. So thank you so much and. Uh, from probably from this point on, I'll probably only add one a week uh, just to kind of you know get some more information out there, or if anybody has't. But if you have one to add, you know, tag it on Twitter, put it you know in in a, in a future chat or send me an email liberal day and radio at gmail just you know you know let me know if you have any other possible submissions for podcasts you should people should be listening to um or YouTube channels that people should be watching uh, because again, Part of Grow Left is not simply just trying to raise money. It's also trying to support everybody else, trying to support uh, other people's podcasts, other people who, who are growing and who need to do a little bit more growing up, like myself, who I'm not, I haven't even yet hit 500 uh, subs, subs yet here, and I'm hoping to get 1,000 subs by, in, in about six weeks, by the end of September. So here's hoping that that happens um, and, and you guys can help get that done. Um, and I've also promised on the YouTube channel uh, that I did a video talking about Hamilton, again, uh, that there was a unauthorized, and I say parody in the video and I realized I was wrong, but I didn't want to go redo it. There was an unauthorized production of Hamilton that was done. Nobody out there other than the Hamilton touring group can perform Hamilton at this point in time. Uh, at some point, maybe they will go ahead and allow people to do their own productions of Hamilton, and you have to pay for that right to do so. Now, or you have to be allowed to have the right to do so, which they were not allowed. This Texas church not only put on an unauthorized version of Hamilton, uh, but they also put on some change the lyrics to make it more Jesus-y. So... Um, Like one of the, one of the, was like, what did they change the lyric to be like a, it must be nice. It must be nice to have Jesus Christ on your side. Or I am not throwing away my cross. I am not throwing away my cross. Uh, Or the other one uh, was, I'll be back in three days. I have died for everyone who prays. I'll be back. Time will tell. If you don't repent, you'll burn in hell. Anyway, so that's the beginning of that parody. And if I get to one thousand subscriptions here on YouTube, I will go ahead and finish that parody as well. So it's my gift to you. <laughs> as long as you get that, to, as long as you get that to me, I will do that to you as well. I know Elizabeth had been trying to say something to me, and I kind of got lost in the shuffle. Uh, <laughs> Bread the triplet. Cave women danced by the club. There you go. There is one of the puns. There is one of the puns that I'm looking for. Anybody else with those puns? Uh, more puns for cave, cave person? Um, I might have to do a search. Uh, I have to search for more to make some There's some hilarious caveman puns. So maybe we can see if we can adopt them to the caveman stripper idea. Uh, let's see, Elizabeth, the Constitution was only ratified after 10 extremely important changes were made. Yeah, the, the, the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments were, were added. Uh, and there were some people who were op- opposed to having a Bill of Rights because they didn't think that having a Bill of Rights would be necessary because to them, uh, you, would, you shouldn't have to enumerate those things that are naturally rights, natural rights to other people. Why would anybody have to write those down and – so one one of my things about about that is when you know so so because they decided let's go ahead and write all of those down. Uh, that is why Madison I believe came up with the idea that we need the Ninth Amendment, which says the enumeration of, in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny and disparage others retained by the people. And I have that handy dandy because to me the Ninth Amendment is the redheaded stepchild of all the amendments to the Constitution uh, because it's always ignored, especially by those people who are shouting about the myth of states' rights. And um, so, yeah, they, they wanted to make sure that nobody could make the argument that just because a right is not enumerated in the Constitution, that somehow it is uh, no longer it is no, not a right. And, but apparently that didn't stop them because there are people today who will make the argument that it's not enumerated in the Constitution, therefore it's not a right, including Justice Alito and the people that signed on with him to v. Jackson, which is if you, if you watched my criticism shows on v. Jackson, you will see that was one of my big uh, problems with that ruling. Let's see. Andrew Brower about smoking. Can you imagine how many people in the past the servers were exposed to cigarette smoke? And not even the server. Like the flight attendants. Imagine being in that little silver tube or aluminum tube up in the sky. And you can't open a window. So you're stuck in that tube. And to think they had a smoking section and a non smoking section in the airplane. That's laughable. So let's see. Uh let's see. Anyone here ever had a grinder? I have not had a grinder of an, either variety, uh, the internet variety or the weed variety. Um, oh, I have. I have had that third kind of grinder, the subs, the sub sandwiches. Yes, I've had that kind of grinder. So there's, there's, that's the problem with English. One word can mean multiple things. Um, let's see. Boo, 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 boo. Let's scroll back down. They're also, made, they're also making the argument that changes could be made to it. Yeah, changes could be made to it, uh, which totally blows the originalist argument out of the water and the Bill of Rights and another – I don't know what you said there. Uh, yes, they used to smoke at hospitals. I mean, doctors used to be like, smoking is healthy. Have a cigarette. Smoke a lucky strike. Um, lots of religious talk in the, in the chat that I'm not quite there. There was, the, there was the comment that was made uh, where it takes more faith to be an atheist. And I used, to, I used to say that, or I used to say at least it takes as much faith to be an atheist as it does. And, and, cause, and like, you know, in reality, if you don't, you should be an agnostic. If you don't believe in anything, that would be an agnostic. And that atheism, depending on one definition, could very well be the belief that no God exists. Um, but a lot, another def, valid definition of atheism could very well be just no religion, atheism, no theism, no religion. Um, so if you're if if you don't believe in a deity, any, any any religions, then you could be an atheist without having any faith. It's a lack it could be a lack of faith. But then I thought about things some more and heard other people's arguments about that point, and I, my mind was changed a bit because of the fact that. Um, you know, my kids can't hear me. I think they're both in bed at this point. Um, If you were to, uh, for example, if Santa Claus, you know, tell me, does Santa Claus exist or not? No. Well, does that require faith? Or do you just basically understand No, that Santa Claus is a myth? Santa Claus does not really come from house to house and deliver presents because that would violate many things. He would burn up in the atmosphere going that fast. Uh, However, you know, so the so the idea that somebody has to have faith in order to not believe in something that they haven't seen proof exists is not a good argument in my mind. That if if you are thinking that in order for me to believe something exists, I have to see it, I have to be able to see it and witness it and experience it, and understand that okay, this is and if I'm experiencing something pertaining to whatever that thing is, then I have to it has to prove that okay, this is the thing that's causing that terrible wording, I guess, of that argument. But anyway, the point is, is that uh, I don't think it takes any faith to be an atheist because all you're basically saying is I've not seen any proof that a supreme being exists. Therefore, I don't believe that a supreme being a being exists. And the only way that I would agree that a supreme being exists would be for somebody to show me evidence and proof of it. So, um, A heart does not have a gender? What? Where did where did where did that come in? There's a problem with scrolling so fast. I don't know where the heart came from. Oh, Jeff Curry got the heart from somebody killed in a crash of twenty four. Oh, he said so am I trans. No. Um, you you are not. Um you you are you only trans if if you, you're gender. Uh identity is something different than what was assumed on your birth certificate so and that includes you know there are people who are non-binary who are trans because they're they're they don't identify as either men or women uh so that's not non-binary is not on their birth certificate so there are many non-binary people who do act, who do say yes i'm trans there are other non-binary people who say no i'm not trans and that's fine too because uh, you know they're You can have valid understandings, different different yet valid understandings of what it means to be trans. And, you know, maybe somebody might feel that they're uh, appropriating uh, somebody who's trans if they're not going through a procedure. But then again, if you're trans, you don't need to go through a procedure. It doesn't matter. Your parts don't matter. And that's ultimately the argument for if you have the heart that came from a young woman, um, whatever part you got from that young woman, that doesn't matter. It just matters who you are and how you feel. Not necessarily uh, what, you know, what parts you have or what parts you don't have. Um, I would like to go back and read the rest of the chat. It's going to take a while to go because there was a lot of stuff to get through. So, and then then sometimes the chat will just jump randomly. So, there's that too. Um, Vincent Owens almost... Most people understand is the knowledge of good and evil, and the full knowledge uh, is from the truth of Christ is from the other tree. I'm not sure what. Let's see. Who could understand the righteousness of wisdom? And you, you would. I guess if you be, if you believed in a deity and a deity was all knowing and all seeing, I guess you know it's pr- perhaps impossible for an individual who is a mortal individual to fathom. Uh, what that truly is um, But in reality, but if you do believe in a god and then you, you you would believe in a god as that or as a deity as that deity presents themselves to you uh, So if, if, if so you would perceive that deity as they present themselves to you So that I would say that it doesn't necessarily matter um, you know, I, i'm i'm not religious. I was raised jewish um, so I, I still there's the ethnicity part of Judaism that kind of sticks. Um, there's, you know, I'm, I haven't really, you know, I'm kind of maybe agnostic-ish. I haven't really, you know, I used to, used to pray all the time in school. I used to go to synagogue every Saturday. Um, I don't necessarily think you need the Bible to be a good person. I think you can get good moral lessons from other stories as well. You can get good moral lessons from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You know how to be a good person It you know that story shows uh that charlie did the right thing at the end i mean despite the fact that he could have riches and wealth and and so sell, by selling uh spoiler alert by selling the gobstopper to um the bad guy and forgetting the name off the top of my head the other candy company guy but he was really somebody that worked for willie wonka um again spoiler alert uh that, not that you should need a spoiler alert for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that's a, the lesson learned. There is a good life lesson. You could learn good life lessons from many different places. There are people who are good people. Um, I think I've told this this story or or parable before or whatever is that? Or you had a a in a religious school in a in a in a school where people go to learn how to be rabbis. You have. A uh, student that goes to one of the rabbi teachers and says, why did God create atheists? Uh, and the uh, rabbi you know, doesn't shun the atheist, doesn't discredit the atheist. The, the, the rabbi says, look, when an atheist does something good, when they uh, feed the sick or feed, feed the hungry or help cure the sick or they do something to help heal the world, They are not doing it out of some obligation because of their religious beliefs. They're doing it because they know it's the right thing to do. Uh, So when it comes time for you to decide whether or not to do the right thing, to do a nice thing, don't ask God for guidance on what, you know, just be like the atheist and do the good thing for the sake of doing the good thing. And uh, to me, that, that story kind of sticks with me. But then again, it's also because Judaism is an evangelical type of religion. So therefore we're okay with other people not being Jewish. It's fine. They don't need to be. Only Jews need to follow Jewish law, uh, which, is, which makes Judaism so much different than, than Christianity. Um, that you know, I, I have, That's why one of the reasons I have a problem with the word uh, Judeo-Christian is because there's so many differences before. Um, let's see. Trying to scroll up to find. I, I, I hit the top of the chat um at the top of my chat window right now oh that's pop chat i'm not even in live chat holy crap <laughs> um so even the top of live chat now live chat only gives me debbie's message about iggy pop song smoking on the airplane uh so yeah now i'm, I'm, I'm now at the grinder sandwiches beyond so now i can't scroll up to anything above that unfortunately so sorry elizabeth <laughs> I thought i changed it to live chat, you know, before maybe it just resets every show. I don't know. Vincent Owens, I'm going to buy an off-grid solar kit to run my farm. Uh, There's some interesting videos where I've seen where people do go off the grid and, and you know, basically get solar and do a bunch of things and try and do a farm and, and, and live in the, not necessarily in the wild, but without being connected to anything. And if that's something that appeals to you, more power to it. You know, I don't know if I could do that. Uh, it would be very hard to do liberal dame radio talk from the left, that's right, uh, you know, if I don't have proper internet access, and trust me, uh, now that I have spoiled myself with uh, this internet, with, with the speeds that I have with with fiber, I don't know if I can go live out in the country anymore. I would need fiber. I would need to run a long fiber glass fiber whatever. Um it's so nearly impossible. So you are going with good versus evil. I mean, that's kind of what I, oh, I scrolled up. It scrolled up again. I hate this chat sometimes. Um, I mean, that's one of the things we could discuss is good versus evil. I don't know. Um, see, morals come from society around us and clumps. Those around us are willing to accept one of those or not. I mean, I think so, but I don't. I mean, there are some. I think there's. I think people are intrinsically good people. I mean, you know, unless maybe, I don't know. Most people I think are born good people and and their circumstance around them can change uh, who they are and how they feel. Um, There's situations, you know, people who might be born into a greedy family might grow up being greedy as well. I mean, I've liked to think that I've done a great job raising our kids so far. They've, you know, just the other day, like my younger son was at the doctor's office because, we didn't know what he had. and might be a sinus infection or something. I don't know. It wasn't COVID, thank goodness. Um, he was like, on the way home, can we, get snowbo- can we get a snowball and can we get one for Thomas? So he wasn't just thinking about himself. He was thinking about his brother. Uh, my oldest son, uh, he uh, heard about some, like, toy drive or whatever, and he came home and he handed us one of his trains. And he loves trains. And he was like, can I bring this to the toy drive? I want to donate it to a kid. And I was like, no one told him to do that. You know, there was um, a food bake sale at school, and, and he, we gave him five bucks to go buy stuff, and he spent two of the five bucks on his friend because his friend didn't have any money. And I'm like, that was very sweet of you. And then he did it again. I'm like, look, don't let people take an advantage of you either, but it's still very sweet of you that you did that right thing. So, you know, and I haven't, we haven't brought the kids to, to many services to many synagogues i mean we went to a synagogue when my when my grandfather died and we brought the kids with us uh they were again they were very well behaved they're the best behaved kids in the entire place uh and everybody was commenting on how well well behaved they were and they're just we have taught them to just do the right thing and just because doing the right thing for the doing the right sake of doing the right thing is important so uh, thank you Elizabeth for saying those great parable I think I was looking for the word parable and I, I don't think I said that maybe I did say it, I don't know um, let's see when the Bible was handed from people along with the Quran most of the people were literate outside of China so the word of mouth was all they kept spinning bad tracker for info even today yes, play telephone and you'll see that word of mouth can be bad uh, but also there's—you know—I in the idea of if you're going to take a monotheistic look on the world, if there is one God, you know, if I was a smart God, you know, and I saw diverse groups of people all over the place, I might say, okay, well, I'm going to give the Quran to these people because these people need this set of rules, you know, to be healthy, to be, uh, to, to treat each other well, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, here are the Jews. I'm going to give the Jews these set of rules because they, Maybe they need this. Maybe they need these set of rules to be healthy based on where they're living. Okay, here are the Christians. Well, for the Christians, we're going to give this set of rules because maybe the Jewish rules were too complicated for some of the people out there, so we need to overly simplify it for some. I'm not saying that if you're a Christian, you're simple-minded. I'm just saying that maybe he looked at it and was like, maybe this is too hard for some people. Like There are 613 commandments in the Hebrew Bible. So maybe six hundred thirteen was seen as okay. Well, maybe some of these people are failing to to follow these six hundred thirteen commandments. So for them, maybe I give them another set of rules, and it could be all from the same same deity. You never know. I wasn't there when he handed them out, or she, or they. So that's Johnny Depp acting. I don't know where that came in. Let's see. So, ah. Elizabeth already left. Sorry. Okay. Thank you for joining. I appreciate you. Um, Vincent, you're retired. I if I missed you. I'm sorry I missed you. Um, Should I get back to – I do want to talk about the Nerdy Dan stuff for a little bit, but we'll see. Let's get back to the bottom. of Wes, are you misbehaving? Come on, Wes. Uh, big difference in how DJT and Mary Trump are raised. Yeah, exactly. They're, they are clearly raised to be two different people. One of them was raised to be a good person. One of them wasn't. Uh, Kinky Streets. The, hey, Kinky Streets, I don't know if I saw you before. Uh, Bible is about morals and ethics, and the Talmud is about mixing traditions with morality. Uh, Jesus read the Talmud. Okay. Um, if I was God, I'd show myself. Well, just don't do it in around children because you might get arrested. <laughs> Wes, what are you doing? Yeah, please, Wes, don't say that people are boy. Yeah, come on. No, can- Stop it. Behave yourself, Wes, please. Um, again, thank you very much, Vincent. Appreciate that you joined us. If you haven't said the subject, please make sure to subscribe. As well, if you haven't done so, and everybody, if, you, if you're watching, if you haven't liked the video, like the video, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the video as well. Um, you know, and there's also the earlier in the chat, uh, Aaron had given uh, nerdydan.com links to the Twitch. If you go to nerdydan.com, you have lists to all of the, um, you have lists of, of all of the places where you can find nerdy Dan online, which is again me. Um, and one of those places is, is Twitch. And I'm trying very hard um i'm trying very hard to get affiliate and, and and looks like i'm going to be successful in getting twitch affiliate by i might have the qualifications to get twitch affiliate by next tuesday because i'm planning to stream tomorrow night and i'm planning to stream next tuesday uh tomorrow night it might be a little later than eight simply because of the fact that um it's my mother-in-law's birthday, but I don't think she's gonna stay that late at our house uh to uh enjoy after enjoying the food. Uh so there's that. Um but again I'm not counting any chickens before I hatch, but this if I get affiliate and if I can keep it up and thanks to Aaron, thanks to Jolie, uh Tucker John joined us last night in my stream. Uh, Yosh, Demodocs have come in, uh, Alan Drifter, a uh, bunch of the people who are liberal Dan right patrons, all of them have joined in from time to time. Uh Yosh joined in last night after I had put him in prison in the game I was playing. And I'll get to that in a second. Um so as long as I can get at least three every airing. So and and you don't even have to participate in it. You could just like kinda like if you're doing something else, just leave it open. You can even put it on mute, I think, and it'll count as a view. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But so far, it seems everything seems to be working right. But once I get approved to be an affiliate, then I can start getting things like the bits, I can start getting subscriptions, Some people can subscribe to me there. Um, most of the subscriptions, I think I'd maybe rather the patron over, maybe rather the Patreon versus the subscription. I have to look at the prices and see how well I do on both, except for the uh, Amazon Prime. And I'm a member of a group that is a lot, has a lot of Amazon Prime shoppers, like maybe 3,000 Amazon Prime shoppers. And I've already talked to the moderators of that group. And actually, it's 3,000 people. And some of those people, for some reason, have multiple Amazon Prime accounts to be able to do what is we're doing in that group. Um, and if I could just get a third of them. If I could just get a sixth of them every to, to to use their Prime membership to subscribe to me every month to just do that one thing, and I would probably have to do something special for them to, to do that. But if I could just do that, let's see, get two forty nine times five hundred, that would be over a thousand bucks a month just for gaming. That's pretty darn sweet. And nobody has to pay anything extra more than what they did because they're using their Prime membership. And look, Andrea knows about the Prime membership thing. I've subscribed to Hal one month Hal, with my Prime membership. I was also, I've also used it to support other friends as well. But um, Yeah, and so I'm going to try and maybe do some contests with those people in that group or whatever. I don't know. We'll see. Um, to try and get in. Um, and maybe it's possible like, for example, if, if you're a, higher, a high enough level patron, maybe I'll You know, gift you a subscription or something. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But uh, but, uh, yeah, let's. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Uh, Andrew, I think I know. I think I have the link. I've looked at it before, um, and I was probably gonna. I was probably going to make a, you know, take that link and kind of maybe make it into a video, or or kind of make it specifically like hand holding, because maybe some of the people don't even have the Twitch part yet. I, I don't know if they have the Twitch part on that link, but yeah, I mean you can send it to me regardless, and I'll have so just so I have it. Um, but yeah, it's I was already hooked up to Prime, you know, because I saw that you can get benefits as a streamer, be if you have a Prime membership. So yeah, Putin. Yeah, I usually play the – that's my favorite sound clip to play. It's just Donald Trump saying – It is what it is. Although I, I, this one might be fun to play a lot as well. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? I mean, you know, he did. He took the Fifth Amendment, so he's used his logic on it. It's always, there's always a Trump tweet. There was always a Trump t- tweet that didn't age well. Now there's always sound bits that don't age well. So um, one of the funny things, one of the fun things from last night uh, was um, – is Aaron? Yeah, Aaron's still here. Good. Um, Aaron, Aaron and Jolie were with us. And um, so I'm playing this game called Cult of the Lamb. And it's this little cartoon lamb. And he starts off the game by dying. He dies. He goes up to meet this, you know, supreme being. Supreme being says, "Hey, I want you to go be my like voice on earth. I'm going to give you powers, and you're going to start a cult, and you're gonna you're going to control it. You're going to get cultists, and you're going to defeat the people that defeated me." That's the theme of the game. So I'm building a cult, and of course, because you know, I listen to Hal, and. We, we were in, we all of us house spark types just we house sparks, all of us house sparks types were uh were, were watching when the the young Turks were moaning and complaining about uh about the people using the dark brandon memes uh so of course, I had to make my cult the cult of dark brandon and so mm-hmm. if, if you see on Twitter like if you follow me either at nerdidin dot com on Twitter or at liberaldinradio radio on twitter. Um, you'll see, I have tweeted about that. It's like follow me as I as I try and grow the cult of Dark Brandon and the, and the cult of the Lamb. And so, but I've made some of the people you know who you've seen in the chat already. I've made some of them, you know, my followers, my cultists. So Aaron is a cultist, and, uh, and Jolie is a cultist. Um, the first Jolie cultist ran away. Uh, she 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 became disenfranchised with the cult. Uh she was led astray, I guess, from somebody else. Nibus Yosh, Deminox, uh, are both members of the cult. But then I was like, Oh, so I I even have a I even have a cultist named Hal. Um and my wife is all there's a cultist with my wife's name, and I married her. Apparently I also married Deminox too. Um so you know, it's a game, but It is what it is. McDonald. you, um, So, and, like, you can, like, ascend your followers to go up and, and, and serve you on a higher plane. You can just have a ritual sacrifice of your – one of my followers asked me to ritually sacrifice him. I was like, okay, fine. So, so it, it's been fun. Uh, but I did make Stank and Anna ones as well. And Anna left. Because I turned her and she, I possessed her with a demon, and then she went and stayed behind on a trip. I don't know if possessing with a demon always makes you stay behind or not. I don't know. We'll see, or makes you lose her or not. But I've lost Anna at this point, uh, which is fine. Um, anyway, but it's really it's a really fun game to play. And I've been having a uh, good good time, uh, really good time playing that game, despite the fact um despite the fact that uh it's a little buggy still because it's new and yeah i think that was very funny aaron i had i was looking at aaron's name or something and i was like i'm I married to Cass. i was very married- i said i'm married to aaron and deminox in the game she's like dan you're married to cassie and deminox i'm like oops sorry my bad <laughs> so anyway i will be streaming on that uh should be sometime around 8 p.m tomorrow um on the link that Jolie just shared and probably every Tuesday and Thursday, unless there's something Uh because according to Twitch, you have to stream, I think seven days a month or eight days a month. You have to do it for a certain amount of hours in a month and you have to have a certain average viewership. And right now you need three, I'm at 3.7, but like at some point last night, I was like at 6.7, like everything after midnight last night was like a 6.7. So if I can get there, that'd be awesome. Then you, you know, again, you earn, you can get subscriptions, you can earn bits, and I'll let you know what, what I think the best thing to do, how to support me. I think I'm kind of combining Nerdy Dan and Liberal Dan kind of together, sort of, because I've been kind of cross promoting, cross tweeting the stuff, and I kind of like advertising Liberal Dan, advertising Nerdy Dan, trying to send both off to different places, and so I might just kind of like, pull in the Nerdy Dan stuff to the Liberal Dan LLC, be like, you know, this is kind of like this is Liberal Dan Gaming, i.e., NerdyDan.com. So. Um, so yeah, so, so that's been fun and that's been finally growing as I would like it to because it's taken me a while to figure out how to get the people in. and really the requirement is just we're just getting some people who enjoy talking with me as I continue to game and I've thrown some politics in it and occasionally make it kind of satirical like, you know, I did have the Donald in my cult too, but he died. We should all be so lucky. Uh, um, so, yeah, so that's, that's the NerdyDan.com stuff. I don't want to talk about too much here, but, you know, I'm am, I am, I'm kind of cross broading at every place, so maybe I need to make a commercial for it, too. I don't know. Um, Deb, I, I'm very sorry for you for the loss of your pup. Um, I, I did also lose mine uh, last year uh she i think it was more towards the end of the year and, and it was like maybe six years ago where she got like one of her first growth and she was having real problems standing and i thought she was a goner six years ago or six years before then maybe maybe even well i thought i thought she was gonna go at eight um and she lasted a good long while but towards the end there it was just i had to like help carry her to go to the bathroom and she, she wasn't a small dog she was a yellow lab and she was a chunky yellow lab too and, you know, she would waddle on, she she just kept on getting more and more growths like inside her body or whatever. And it was, it was just, it, it became time where we had to let her go and it was, I was crushed and I miss having a dog. I I, I want to have a dog. I'm, I'm just trying to find a dog that I feel is going to be good in our current situation. I mean, I work from home, which is nice, but having a dog that would be good in the situation would include maybe a dog that's not going to terrorize the cats. Because we have three cats. Um, Because my my youngest wanted cats, and then my wife wanted another cat on top of that cat. So we were originally going to get two cats. We got three cats, and all of them hate me. Actually, no, one of them is tolerating me with me when I'm scratching her. So I get I get a half like from that one. The other two don't want to be anywhere near me. There are some disgustingly cute pictures of my youngest son and Agnes, which are um, who are uh, who's they're just ridiculously cute together. But we're like, that's ridiculous. Whenever we see it, because she won't give us snuggles, but she will snuggle him. Like,
2: I love you, brother.
0: It's ridiculous. <laughs> that's very cute. Um, if, I think big and nerdy is my is my for some reason is my Instagram account. I should just change that to nerdydan dot com. Um, that has uh, that has some pictures on there. And those are publicly available, so you can see how ridiculously cute. Um my my kids are on there <laughs> uh especially with the cats but yeah like i keep threatening the cats i'm like cats if you uh if you don't snuggle me i'm getting a dog if you don't love on me i'm getting a dog so every time they run away from me just like i'll be like i'm getting a dog and then eventually i will get the dog and it's just you know there is a lot of the like i like labs like labs are my favorite breed i could potentially go with a different one but like, I'm just leery of getting some of the strays that are here simply because of the fact that a lot of the strays are mixed with pit, <clears throat> and I don't want to the I don't want to have the bad uh, stuff with the pit. you know I've had I mean, I've had some of other, other crossbreeds that were terrible, like I had one of, my, one of my friends in my fraternity needed to use my room in the house to be able to keep, I guess, a dog that they'd found or whatever, and this dog was a half lab, half chow, and it was the absolute worst part of both breeds the absolute worst part of both breeds combined into one dog. And it was terrible. And I had to be like, I can't, I can't anymore. This dog is eating my stuff. You need to get the dog a cage or get the dog out of my room, out of my little back house area. So the nearly impossible cats can be a little independent, but when it comes, Henry, my youngest, will pick up this agonist, this big fluffy cat, and we'll just snuggle And, and the cat's is like, oh, I love you. Oh, I was you you were wonderful. But me, I pick the cat up. <laughs> Nope, we're out. So, yeah. But eventually, I will probably get a new dog. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if I find one that'll work out, and maybe we'll be good with, with, the, with the kitties, hopefully. I mean, we do have a two-level house, and for a while, we had two other cats previously. That's the other part that was terrible about, like, the past few years is that like during, during COVID, um, s'mores was a stray that was near my mother-in-law's house and he ended up having feline leukemia. So he did, he lasted maybe about a year or two with us. He was already like four years old at the time. Um, so s'mores was, uh, you know, he was just doing some weird things. And it was like, it was being clear that this was, this is the end, that something needed to take place. I'm, so we needed to let it, let him go. But then like a year before Sylvester, who Cassie found, uh, Cassie's my wife, Cassie found underneath her workplace after she came back from Hurricane Katrina. Um, and, I, and I would be talking to her on the phone and I would hear her like hearing this little coming from underneath the work steps and she'd like feed him a little bit of food or whatever. And like, if it happened one day, it happened the second day. I'm like, she's totally bringing that cat home. Well, she brought the cat home. And uh, mm-hmm. Sylvester moved in with us from like day one, when we moved into this house in like t- 2007. Um, and in 2008, we had gotten sushi, our dog, and at the little puppy and for a while Sylvester was not taking any crap from He's Like, nope, I will I can throw you on the ground because the cat was still kind of bigger than the than the dog. But once Sushi started getting big enough, uh, the cat was like, nope, I am not going to be downstairs. The cat never came downstairs till much 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 later. And then sometimes she would he would go sneaking around or whatever. Um but yeah, so so dog had the bottom. Cats at the top. Now, that's possible. That could happen again with a new dog, where the cats just stay upstairs and the dog stays downstairs. Fine, whatever. Um, but uh, you know, I would rather I'd rather them get along, rather than not be chasing. Especially because of the fact that you know, if you get the wrong dog, you you don't have a good time at all with the pets. Like the wrong dog will do, do bad things to a cat, and you don't want that to happen. So, um, who else did I miss? I know Les came in. Thank you, Les. Um, I appreciate you. Um, you know, you gave me a nice, nice fat Venmo contribution last week, so that's awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, again, you can support the show. You can support, you can support the show financially. Come liberal denier on Patreon, patron, patron. Patreon.liberaldan.com will get you there. Uh, that's monthly. You can also, I think, pay monthly now on buymeacoffee.com slash liberaldanradio. Or you just go to the liberaldan.com page and hit buy me a cider. That'll both get you there. Uh, if you want to buy me one, five, ten, five hundred sliders, Or or you can just subscribe monthly there as well. I think I enabled that. Um, or you can one time also via Venmo as well. So, i uh, thank you Les. i mean I, I i try and i'm trying to do the right thing i'm trying to be helpful i'm trying to uh i'm trying to uh to make change as best as possible and try and affect change and try and to advocate for the things that need i feel need to be advocated for and and i think it's finally catching on and and it wouldn't be you know a Probably wouldn't be as as good as as it has been without House Sparks. So big shout out to House Sparks. Uh, Spoiler alert. Um, When I get to 1,000 subscribers here, I've already said, you know, when I get to 1,000 subscribers here, I already said I'm going to make that parody. I'm going to try at least to make that parody of of, uh, I'll Be Back in Three Days, the religious version of uh, Hamilton that was out there. But the other thing that's gonna happen um is when I hit a thousand subs, I am going to probably the next chat that that is available and hopefully that hopefully that next chat that is you know maybe not too fast scrolling and maybe not too uh maybe not too um maybe not too uh busy or one where Hal is actually looking at the at the chat scroll scroll and not busy. Staring at videos when he's kind of like interacting with the chat. Um, when I get to a thousand subs, I'm gonna super chat Hal at least two hundred fifty bucks, at least. So, um, so I, w- I w- So that's the, that's my kind of spoiler because that because if, if I do that, it will be a lot, uh, a lot of because of Hal. And because of the fact that he's come on the show many times, I'm hoping I'll get him back on the show. You know, last month he didn't come on the show because there was a really shitty problem going on in the house, although it was the upper deck of the toilet, not the lower one. Uh, but I'm hoping in two weeks that he'll be on the show again. You know, he, it's reserved for him if he wants it. Uh, but if I do get to thousand, it's going to be mostly in part because of the house parks being on the show. And, you know, how Andrea and the people in the house parks chat, you know, saying, Hey, come on liberal band after this. Cause I try not to do that. I try not to plug my own self for the most part in, in other people's chats, but if other people can do it, I mean, I am, I'm appreciative of it, especially if Hal doesn't mind it. Um, and since Andrew's a mod over Hal's, I'm sure it's fine. Um, so I, I, I like that, you know, that y'all are supporting me and, and, you know, I know we all support Hal and what Hal does. And I think that's, that's the least I could do. Uh, if he gets me to the point where I can be monetized here on YouTube. So once the monetization takes effect, then I would absolutely do that. And then I can start taking subs here as well, subscriptions here. I can get super chats and all that fun stuff. So um, that's what I'm going to do. Anyway, I think I'm going to um, call this a night. Um, I don't necessarily have anything else that I want to talk about, unless you have anything in chat that you want to talk about. Somebody, somebody buys me 20 coffees, I'll stay for another hour. <laughs> I'm not, I don't expect anybody to buy me a hundred or uh, uh, 20 copies, let alone, I was about to say a hundred. Um, I appreciate you. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I, I have the wrench over on TV 2 live chat, so I, I can do that. And, um, look, you know, I'm always going to be promoting my uh, support these channels. So you're always going to be on that website as well. So even when I'm not chatting, if people go to that link, they'll be able to see all of the ones that we should support. And maybe, you know, that's, that's the link to share. Uh, hopefully, because it 'll get everybody uh supported um, is with the Jeff Curry is how and young Turks going to split the party Well, that assumes the young Turks are part of the party to begin with, right I mean young Turks are kind of working against uh Democrats in many, many ways, although they don 't like when like the conservatives say, "Hey, the young Turks are doing great with this they 're like no no don't 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 lump us in with you don't agree with us um but, yeah, I don't, I don't think that, you know, and and people will have, I mean, Yosh would probably disagree with me on this particular point. Uh, but, I mean, I do think that Young Turks maybe did more harm than help when it comes to that. Not an email. I'm going to check what the email says first. Um, oh, it's just energy help for seniors, maybe? Yeah, it was energy is like. Super ridiculously charging the people uh for energy as I talked about um with Devontae Lewis uh for the Public Service Commission and yeah the, the people in the Public Service Commission are absolutely um absolutely are um whatchamacallit, they're absolutely uh beholden to the energy energy interests and the ones that they're supposed to be uh regulating. So that's why it's good to get somebody new who's not going to be beholden to them anywhere. But like my energy bill last night, last week, last month was like 400 bucks. And the more month before that was like 500 bucks. And yes, it's been hot. Um, I've actually had to re- increase my temperature in my house to I usually keep it at 72. I've increased it to 77 because I didn't want to pay as much and that saved me, I think hundred bucks last month, but their, their special thing that they're doing uh, for people uh, as if you're if you're low enough of an income, they will give you a hundred and fifty dollar credit on your bill one time. Way to go, energy! That's a whole lot of help one time. So after that one time, you're screwed. Instead of like you know fixing their prices. Now I don't understand how the whole mechanism because even though uh, Devante Lewis who was on the show earlier is would be a public service commissioner that would be covering some of Orleans Parish. I don't think that I think Orleans Parish is outside of the Public Service Commission when it comes to that. It's weird. Things in Louisiana are still can still be very weird. So I think New Orleans controls entergy New Orleans and their rates versus the Public Service Commission controlling Entergy Louisiana and their rates. So you have two different entergies in Louisiana, you have Energy Louisiana and then you have Entergy New Orleans. And such New Orleans, is, is get separate prices or whatever, which is kind of silly. So, and it might be cheaper to have a set plan. It might be better off to have a set plan than the long one, because then you can plan to what you for what you can get, and then it just adjusts less drastically. Um, I don't know. I kind of like the winter months where I don't have the high high electricity bills, because, you know, it's just nice and cool. It really never does, never gets cold here. And even if it heats up, guess what? The... the, the, the we have gas heat, and that's not as expensive. Um, lots of retractions going on. See, my stepfather has some sort of green leather collection of Mason books and my mom kept them for me, but she hasn't given them to me yet. Will I be able to go through them without a mentor? Uh, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> um Let's see, Andrea. We just found out that the line that goes from my house and to the line and to the pole off to be replaced, they better do it on a day after it rains. four I don't need no electric then. Yeah, that would be that would be hard to do. I mean, energy here will make changes to the light to the power grid and not give us any notice whatsoever. Like we'll just lose power. It's like, oh, this is maintenance. What? What are you doing? Stop it. Um. At least we have a pool. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. At least we have, we got, we went up and bit the bullet and bought the pool last uh, two summers ago in 2020 because of the pandemic, because we would normally go like to a public swimming pool or to the YMCA or whatever and go hang out there. Um, I, I didn't burn in, I didn't catch flames walking into the YMCA, but we, um, we, uh, we couldn't go because obviously because it was closed because of the pandemic. So we went ahead and bought a new pool and I like could buy a used pool. That's kind of a silly statement. <laughs> but, and this year it has been a pain in the neck. Uh, it's been a pain in the neck to keep that thing from being green. It, it just kept getting green. I'm like, I thought I fixed it. I thought I got the pool all fixed up, all, you know, not green anymore. And then we we're about to leave for our cruise and boom, green again. So I just turned off the pool and came back. And so we had to go do some, again, shock it again, put some algaecide in it, keep fighting it. And then just last week, I was like, it's turning a little tingy of green again. It was like, well, just put half the bottle of the algaecide in. And I was like, nope, I'm going to put the entire bottle of the algaecide in with two pounds of shock. And then magically, it's clear. I'm like, what? That's August, so it's not doing us as much of a good. But I mean, it'll still say we went in today, um, partially went in today because – when the little flutter thing holding the chlorine goes around the pool, there are some times when it'll, the jet that circulates the water in the pool will push it, and it pushes it a certain way where it tips completely over, and the chlorine tablets go to the bottom of the pool. So I had to go swimming today, because I need to get the chlorine tablets from the bottom of the pool again. So um, let's see. They don't give us notice here. My son told me he works for Spectrum, and they have to come and take their lines. Uh, Bill Deacon, yeah, I – The the pool this past year has absolutely been a money pit, especially because of the fact that I hadn't cleaned it for a while after Ida, after Hurricane Ida, and I had to flock it. I had to do a whole bunch of stuff to it. I had to try and get all the stuff out of the pool. I finally got all the big stuff out of the pool, and then it just was meh, and then it was, like, just dark green and nasty and because it was never winterized, so meh. And so finally, again, it's clear now. So maybe this year I'll actually winterize it when we decide to no longer use it anymore. Uh, so it'll be the first year we winterize the pool. Um, I don't know what Patty whack. What did I make you, what did I make you laugh with? I don't even remember one thing I said that was funny. So. Oh, um, well, we're past two hours, past two hours now. I mean, we don't have a hot tub in our pool. It's an It's an above ground pool. So. Um, I'm looking to get a deck, but decks are expensive and I'm trying to find out from the city whether or not I can, uh, um, oh, I called myself, I, anyway, I called myself the pool boy today. I basically said, uh, thank you, Les. I mean, I tried to be funny. I mean, I can't compare myself to Hal but I was very happy with the fact that my, my second, uh, chopper uh, liberal dance chopper city gate made Hal chuckle that's kind of a place where i was like yay i made Hal laugh um <laughs> I, i've heard people have salt water. i don't know if i could convert mine into a salt water or not but uh, i'm fine for right now with it because now that it's clear it's good and hopefully i can just keep it clear uh we'll see some you know sometimes it might because it's been raining a lot. That's been that's maybe that's part of the thing. Is it's been raining so much that every time it rains, I'll go run the you know the backwash from the from the from the filter to get it to get it to clean out all of the junk from there, and then I shock it again. So maybe the fact that we're getting all this fresh water in the pool from all the rain, maybe that helped clear all the crappy water out. So eventually we got rid of it. So hopefully trying to figure out again thank you Les, for the for the compliment i I'm, i i usually have a i think i have a darker sense of humor that i share here on the podcast i mean i make some terrible jokes and my wife me and my wife will sit there and just laugh at the most terrible things just because you know we're two peas in a pod um although the fact that i'm having my dark Brandon cult and i'm, I'm really enjoying that i'm really having too much fun with it i think i don't know if it's too much fun it's just, maybe it's just enough fun um yes the cult of dark brandon dark dan let's see what the only problem i have somebody said liberal the liberal danimals so, so, yeah i called uh, yeah liberal dan the pool boy <laughs> pool dan pool boy dan uh chlorine from the left that's right i don't know that doesn't fit but somebody had said liberal uh liberal danimals as as perhaps as an option for to call the people who listen to the show and Maybe, but the problem is, is that somebody who I used to consider a really close friend of mine who turned out to not be a friend whatsoever, um, is he used to call me Danimal. So that's the only problem with the liberal Danimals. Danimals, Danimals like Lunchables. <laughs> um... Jeff, I don't know. Maybe if we get in person one day, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to compare notes on the terrible jokes that we like to make. I I will sometimes just pull out the jokes that only a Jewish person can make, and we'll just leave that at that for right now. Um, so Andrew, do you have a pH tester? I do have these strips for the pH, um, but I also I can bring the water into the pool shop, and they will test it for me if I feel. But I got these strips. For a while the strips seem to seem to show me the, the good levels on all like six different levels of things like the free chlorine the total chlorine the pH the alkalinity um, so and if, if anything looks too weird I can bring a water sample to the pool place and they'll give me don't give me the what I need to do um, yes that would be Bill Deegan liberal animals um, if it catches on the dantastic liberals What's not fair, Aaron? That that my that my former person who I thought was a friend uh, called me Danimal, so therefore it it makes me not want to do liberal Danimals, or makes me makes me question whether or not I want to do liberal Danimals. Dan's lefties. Um uh, I don't know. My jokes are not fair. Why are they not fair? Are <laughs> they just the Jewish jokes because I can tell them and other people can't? That's the other thing that former friend of mine used to, we used to and he wasn't Jewish and he would tell, uh, he would tell jokes all the time too. And at the time I just assumed, okay, he just feels comfortable with me saying these terrible things. Um, just because of the fact that I also make the terrible jokes, but maybe he's just a terrible person to begin with. I don't know. Uh, I do know he's a terrible person. He has problems, but not mentioning his name, but you know, he has problems. Um, I will not show my dark side of humor unless I'm asked. Eh, Sometimes, sometimes I'll let some one dark comment slip or not. There was, there was one time where I think it was the whole, um, you know, COVID-19 or, or, or whatever plans. And then like Delta 19 variant, And so it was like, you know, like the, my my summer plans, Delta variant or something like that. So like my summer plans would be, um, would be a picture of Nancy Kerrigan and the Delta variant would be uh, Tanya Harding, for example, as that's one of the, I think that's one of the memes that I saw. Um, but the, uh, there, there was one I think that I shared that I was like, this is too much even for me. And I didn't want to share it because it was way too just, wow. Um, one of them I think was, um is Jeff Jeff Corwin, the 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 animal guy, or Steve Steve Irwin, and Jeff Corwin is the TV guy. Steve Irwin was the pick was the My Summer Plans, and then some manta ray was the COVID nineteen variant or the Delta nineteen variant. I was like, oh, that's too soon. Um, Jeff Curry, what do rabbis do with foreskins? Uh, I think I've heard this one. I don't know. There is a joke about the guy that made a wallet out of made a wallet out of his foreskin. Uh, he whenever he rubbed it, it became a briefcase. <laughs> Sorry, I mean you asked for it, so there it is. Um, I don't know. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I know the what's the rabbis do with foreskins jokes. Oh, that's what Germans do with them paddywhack that's what the germans do with them or at least that's what nazis do with them <laughs> too soon <laughs> oh that's gross see there's the thing like there's a line there's a line from mrs doubtfire i don't know if you uh you can giggle less. That's fine. You have to send me or you have to send me a, a audio of you giggling though. I want to hear, I want to hear how, how you laugh, I guess, just to, to prove that you're laughing video or did it happen? I don't know. You don't have to do that. I'm just being silly. Um, there is a line from Mrs. Doubtfire that maybe some people wouldn't get if you're not, uh, if you don't know all of the things involved. Um, but so the thing is, is that like Mrs. Robin Williams says, never get gribness from a moil. It's too chewy. And even though I'm Jewish, I I didn't even, I didn't know what gribness was, but I assumed it was a foreskin joke. Um, well, gribness is like fried chicken skin. So you take like it's kind of like a fry. It's almost like a chicken crackling almost. You take the chicken skin and you fry it by itself and it because it's a, it's a crunchy little chip thing or whatever so they're making a chip out of the chicken skin so so if you would get gribness from a moil it might not be chicken skin that you're using and it's too chewy so i was like okay i get the joke it's really funny <laughs> i don't know aaron if there's a line i'm already on the other side of that line if you cross the line to get to me i mean i guess that means you cross it into but it you know i'm already there to begin with so Um, let's see, nearly impossible. Libby Danny. No, I don't think Libby Danny's works. Can't I go listen to spirit? Bo- what spirit boxes? I don't know what that is. So I am going to, I mean, if you want to go, Aaron, you can. I mean, you're, you're a volunteer. So, um, Let's see, why don't a place make chicken skin sandwiches? I mean, a lot of the, – there is one place down here that actually does make fried chicken skins, and it's actually – they do those pretty good. They're crackling. They're fried pork cracklings. They're terrible, but their chicken skins are really good. It's just, A, it's not very convenient to, to where I live, so I'm never really in that area. And, B, I think they're kind of terrible when it comes to politics, and there are other restaurants I want to, I want to support, so, meh. Um, oh, you're kidding? Okay, I don't know. I have started watching. I watched this the American version of Ghosts, um, but I started watching the British version of Ghosts, and they're very similar so far. It's just different ghosts because one's in, you know, America, one's in Britain. So clearly, you're not going to have Native Americans in the British one. Uh, Clearly, you're not going to have a member of British Parliament in the American one. Let's see, Patty. Back. I think pork rinds are disgusting. Um, I'm not wild about most pork rinds in and of themselves. It's not the rinds that do it. It's it's the cracklings. It's the the rendered fat with the skin that you need. You can't just have the skin. It needs to be the rendered fat with the skin, and you have to do it right. There are places that do it right, and there are places that do it terribly, and there's – when it's good, it's really good. When it's bad, it's really bad. Oh, we have catatonic rebound Joe Biden. Look at that. Is that my is that my first real troll? That might be my first real troll. I mean, I don't count regular there are regular listeners who are conservatives who are not trolls. There was the candidate who called in that supports banning abortions even for 10-year-olds. I'm not necessarily calling that one a troll in and of itself, but I think I have a troll. Hey, I was just talking about you the other day, Agolf (laughs) Twitler. I I was talking about you in the chat, uh, in uh, TV2's chat, because I was like, I really love that username. I I think it's great. (laughs) I think it's a very clever username. I appreciate it. Let's see. GOP Flash and Ohio journalists covering MAGA event with JD Vance and DeSantis will be required to give access to their footage to the organizers and face questions on use. Interesting. I think it's it's hilarious that what's that guy? What's the guy with the Crenshaw? The one with the eye patch. I think it's funny that now they're being critical of Crenshaw. Crenshaw is one of the most deepest wackadoodles out there on I mean, it was the one that Pete Davidson made fun of, I think by wearing the patch or whatever. Crenshaw is just horrid. I don't think he's worse than Cheney, than Liz Cheney, but he's one of the ones that apparently pissed off pissed off Trump and his supporters, so therefore he's persona non grata now. You don't kiss the ring, you don't you don't give fealty to Lord Trump, you you end up getting put on the wall with heads and spikes or whatever. Less, All these jokes go right over my head. I'll be honest, though. Here in the Midwest, I wasn't exposed to Jewish faith until I was an adult and moved to Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you heard that the, my, my life as a Jewish person uh, episode, the very special episode of Liberal Dan Radio, where I talked about my life as a Jewish person. But I went down to Melbourne, Florida to go, uh, see, so go take a tour of Florida Tech, I had a full ride. I could have gone for free. No loans, no nothing. Florida Tech would have been done, but it was kind of creepy in that it was like the home of like the the abortion doctor murderer movement or whatever so there's that uh but when i asked the guy i was like can you you know do you have a hillel here and for those who don't know the hillel is a jewish student union and the person's like who works for the college admissions he's like what's a hillel i'm like do you have the data on any uh on any jewish people that might be attending the school and he was like i don't have it right now but i could look it up for you and I was, I, was, I was just sure that if I said that if he was going to come back and say, if you enroll here, what? So, yeah, Putin, it's a cult now. You can't speak ill of your leader. Exactly. I'm, I'm wondering if there's anything. That's good to see that Rubio's four points behind Demings. I mean, polls that are that close are, are frustrating to watch because you never know if it's an accurate poll or not. Um, I'm wondering if there's anything – that Trump could do that would make people be like, nope, sorry. Let's see. Yes, Jeff Curry, I had a full ride for baseball in a town that was just wrong. <laughs> sorry, let's see, GQP will be claiming rigged elections. with all. See, it's one thing I forgot to bring up. Thank you. I, I think we should start the rumor or, or start advocating the fact that that um that the election against Liz Cheney was rigged. That there was a rigged election that Liz Cheney really won the election. We should start spreading that. (laughs) Although I don't know if that would get us kicked off of the the platforms like Twitter and and Facebook or whatever, but, you know, just, it was stolen election. It was, it was a horrible crime that they did against Liz Cheney stealing that election from her. You knew she won. Um, Let's see. I'm very much looking for Val, hoping Val Demings can kick the crap out of Rubio. Um, See those fuckers were so arrogant. They documented their crimes. Yeah, that's that's the crazy thing. And I still don't understand this whole the whole thing with the it's it's crazy how like they're okay with him having like the, the radio show I listen to in the morning. That's conservative Jeff Carrera show. He's like he's like the so-called nuclear documents. I'm like, what so-called nuclear? I mean, you know, they don't they don't like you could have somebody come out and say. Like some like Senate minority leader Mitch McConnell could come out and say, I have viewed the documents and it is clear that Donald Trump had confidential top secret information and that he shows them to people at Mar-a-Lago. And he could say that and then they'd be like, he's lying. I don't believe him. And then like somebody else could come out like who maybe they might like to be like, you know what? Mitch McConnell's telling the truth. No, we don't like him either. Like, if you wrong Trump like, – again, I, I think that – I don't know what Trump has on minority leader McCarthy, but for McCarthy on January 6th to go from who the F are you talking to to him, again, bending the knee and pledging fealty to Lord Donald Trump – uh, there must be something there that he has on him more beyond just the fact that I will kick you out of your office. You will lose power if you don't back me, if you don't give me back. I'll give it to somebody else. Um, and again, none of these none of these people who are in the house, except for the 10 who are now long, no longer going to be in the house for the most part, uh, have integrity because they're willing to sell their souls to the devil on earth. And yes, Jeff Curry. A lot of people, a lot of them, do love, do love the racism. Absolutely, 100%. They love the racism, um, and that's why he won the first place. He was pandering to the racists, pandering to the biggest, to the xenophobes, to uh, everybody. You know, total and complete ban on Muslims entering the country, um, or you know, Mexico sending us rapists and murderers. Uh, some of them might be good people, and then he, you know, becomes an apologist for the people marching with Nazis or the Nazis themselves in Charlottesville. I mean, to me, supporting Trump after Charlottesville was my last straw for 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 basically saying, look, if you like Trump, sorry, I can't, I can't, I can't you're not my friend. If if you can't re- consider yourself to be my friend, if you still like Trump after Charlottesville. Now, I mean, he was still a bigot beforehand, Um, but I was trying to give people the benefit of the doubt, or maybe they've just been duped. But at this point, it's not no longer duping. At this point, you either support what he says or you don't. So, Karma Raven, you mean Madison was right about the Orioles? I'm sure he was. I'm sure there's some crazy stuff that goes on behind the scenes up in Washington, D.C. I mean, come on. But magic. can you imagine what they do with Mitch McConnell's neck? Uh, maybe i maybe I just crossed the line. I don't know um, <laughs> so let's see the irony is says the irony is Liz's politics is part uh, of the early fuel uh, for the madness we see in the GOP. yeah I mean Liz, this is a terrible person. I mean she until very recently she was against gay marriage she's she supports Dom Speed Jackson. She, she's 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 terrible. She just on this one issue, she's a stop clock. She happens to be right on this particular issue. On everything else, actually don't screw her. I don't want to give her the pleasure. <laughs> but let's see. What else? Let me scroll back up to see. See some more. Then there's a the whole thing with uh with the with the passports or whatever i'm like look if they were in the boxes then they got it then they got it back to you fine whatever but i'm surprised that they didn't seize them because to me trump's a flight risk i guess i guess whatever i guess they can't necessarily take the i guess in order for them to seize the passports for indefinitely the only way to do that would be to assign him a charge would be to charge him with something and then you would have to, then you could probably take his passport. I don't think you could take someone's passports just if they're simply a person of interest or something like that. And I'm thinking eventually, I mean, there's the a completely valid hypothesis, a completely valid line of reasoning that says Donald Trump will never flee the country because he'll never admit that he was wrong. But ultimately, day to day, I, my personal opinion is if he has the opportunity, if he sees it coming, and he has the opportunity to, to get out of Dodge. I think he might very well just flee the country at that point. And then just be, try and be like, uh, you know, from afar advocating for change while, you know, he's sitting in the middle of some non-extradition country uh, issuing demands, like, you know, go vote for, vote for me for president. I'm going to run for president from this other country and if you won me and I win, I'll be able to come back, and then I'll pardon myself. I'll take the oath of office, and I'll pardon myself. Hmm. Anyway, let's see. Boo! Liberal Jeff wants to be on the show. If I come to the show, can I sit straddling the big mic, like the guy over, over your right shoulder? It's like you want to be like right, right here? Is that where you want to be, Jeff? <laughs> um, yes, Les, his diplomatic passport should have absolutely been returned. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I would think that they would return it. I would maybe wonder do other, if other former presidents still have their diplomatic passport, and I don't know that answer or not. So is it possible if other – let's see. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go look. Uh, do presidents return dip? diplomatic passports. A uh, special issuance passport must be returned to the Department of State among termination of the bearer's official or diplomatic status or at such other time as the department may determine. So let's see, the diplomatic passport is only good for five years. Presidents are allowed to keep those passports even after leaving office. They may renew them, but hold on. This is on Quora. Um, where is it? Where is it? The president are allowed to keep those passports even after leaving office. They may renew them, but must use them only for diplomatic travel. Other travel, they must use a personal passport. Um, I would think that Trump's had already expired. Maybe so. So if so he got the diplomatic passport in 2017 um, when he took office in 2022, then, yeah, you would think that if it was really good for five years that it should already be expired. But I don't know. Maybe that was the expired passport. I don't know. Um, but they can keep him, apparently. Uh, even, most people are required to return them, but it seems like presidents are allowed to keep them Because I guess some presidents, after being president, can do, you know, some diplomatic, you know, stuff in other countries. Not that Trump would, but others do. Um so I mean when a president leaves the office a normal president would keep his diplomat yeah, that's what that's what that's what I just wrote up there. Normal normally a president would keep the diplomatic passport, but they could always get it back as well. He ain't gonna get his plane fixed. I think he will get smuggled out on a my pillow plane or something. <laughs> um Jolie. I have not tried. I've tried to not to get politics in the middle of my family and friends, but anyone that supports the effing moron that makes you really doubt who they are at their core. Yeah, totally. Um, fortunately, nobody in my family, in my direct family at least, uh, the only people in my, in, who I'm technically related to who don't who who still support Trump uh, are the new family that I found out when Mom got her 23andMe results. So, and I haven't I've I haven't met many of them in person. So, anyway. I think I will go ahead and call on it at this point. Uh, let's see what well, well, let's see. Uh, Trump's team's, Trump team spin is that Donnie had standing orders to declassify any documents that he took out of the White House. So on January 19th, when he packed the boxes top-secret nuclear weapons, they all magically declassified themselves. yeah, the declassification fairy. yeah, I mean, I, I, although I think nuclear secrets, I think, I don't even think presidents are allowed to unclassify or declassify uh, nuclear secrets. That's one of the things I think there's a limit as to who can declassify those. Um, but I think if something is going to be declassified, there should have to be written proof. Just like if somebody's pardoned, there should have to be written proof. And so that then there's the the question of, well, are there invisible pardons that he wrote that he just kept in his pocket until he had to re, you know release them and had them sealed in such a way so that people can say, oh, this clearly was mailed to himself. Uh, or you know, before um, before he left office, so therefore it's a valid part. I don't know if that would work or not, but maybe he, he. You would think he would also have some sort of memo that says here on this date at this time I've declassified all this crap. But there's no evidence of that, so why would I believe that he did that? I have no reason to believe, though. So, neither do y'all. Um, has anyone here lost a family member due to Trump? Hands up. I can't. I mean, I lost family members during his administration. I can't say that I lost a family member. Oh, I. I, I think you, I thought you meant died, like because of Trump that they died, <laughs> not lost a family member. I e. yeeted somebody out of the family. Technically, again, my mom found her half brother via Twenty Three and Me. I was friends with him on Facebook briefly, uh but then I was too liberal for him so he just he just blocked me or whatever. So yeah, I guess technically I lost that person but I don't know if I consider them family really. I mean, I never really got to know any of them. So I don't really think that they're family. Family is less about blood and more about how you feel about each other. So in that sense, no, I haven't lost family to Trump. In the sense of that I lose an actual physical blood related person because of Trump. I gained one and I lost them quickly because of politics and or and Trump. So boo, 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 there's a process, but Trump never follows the process, of course. A declassified documents getting declassified require the assets name to be aware of their covers being burned. That's also I mean, but would Trump care about that? I don't think so. I don't think Trump would care about that at all. Um trying to look at these caveman puns to just kind of bring it back to that joke but I don't think I don't think I don't even get that joke at all I don't know I don't get those puns not not that great anyway not all puns can be good I suppose let's see trucker job. My two siblings don't talk to me since 2017. I mean, that's sad. It's sad that it happens, but I mean, you also, it's not, people aren't under any requirements to, I mean, I don't know if they cut the ties or you cut the ties. Um, but even if they're supposedly family, they're not required to, you're not required to, to maintain toxic relation, relationships with toxic people. You know, it doesn't matter if you've known them from birth or if you know them five minutes, if they're toxic, eat them from your life. And you, I absolutely support doing that because that's for your mental health. Anywho, let's just find this clip and we'll go ahead and end the show now because I think my voice is getting a little sore from the two and a half hours of talking. But anyway, thank you very much for watching this week's episode of Legal Dan Radio Talk from the Left That's right back next week, 8 p.m. Central, com slash liberal dan, or mostly here on youtube.com slash liberal dan radio. Uh, support the show, become a patron, subscribe, like the video, share other videos. Um, go over to twitch.tv slash nerdydan.com. Uh, follow me there um, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central as well is when I'll be streaming some games most weeks. Follow my follow my Twitter. You'll see that um, I announce that as well. So again, thank you all for joining us, guys. I appreciate you all very much. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman for Bill Game Radio.